On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we are tooling up with Irish gangsters in Kin on BBC One, seriously considering our employment options with Channel 5 thriller Too Good To Be True, and charting turbulent emotional territory with Donald Gleeson and Andrea Riseborough, who you heard from last week in Alice and Jack on Channel 4. Plus, we reviewed one day on last week's Pilot Plus, and Amber Kamad and Leo Woodall join us this week on the regular show to talk all about that. I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, your essential guide to every show that matters. And joining me, by popular demand and, you know, habit, are my two colleagues, <laughs> the Han and Chewy of modern TV journalism, Kay Ribeiro Hello. and Boyd Hilton. I'll let you guys choose which is which. Hmm. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure if Kay would like to be compared to, to Chewbacca. Che- Chewy is clearly the brains of the operation. Yeah. Oh, well, okay, fine. I'm Chewy. Everyone loves Chewy. Okay, yeah. Very hairy, though. I mean, literally, I'm in my winter period, so, so am I. Also, Chewy has no penis. <laughs> this is an oh. actual fact. This is an actual fact, which I revealed at the Empire Live 500th podcast uh, when we did our three-fat structure, is that uh, Chewy, like the when when originally Chewy was, was in Star Wars, George Lucas was under pressure from the studio executives to put uh, boxer shorts on him or something to cover his nethers. Uh, and they were like, no, we're just not comfortable with him walking around naked. And apparently George went, oh, no, it's okay. Wookiees don't have penises. And the studio executives went, Okay, fine. And that was it. That was the end of the conversation. Like, as soon as he said Wookiees don't have penises, they had no problem. Despite the fact you could not see any Wookiee cock at any point, he was. they were like, the, just the thought that he might have a penis that was not covered was upsetting to them. Why that happened to the three-fact structure? The three-fact structure, well, Helen hated it, but mainly it was introduced for the pandemic. Yes. Like, specifically for the yes. pandemic. But it is no spoilers, potentially making a triumphant oh, return oh in March when we go on our live uh, Empire tour. Yeah, yeah. So we are touring in March. We are doing five dates, one a week throughout the whole of March. We are doing, see if I can remember them all, we are doing Birmingham. We are doing Norwich. We are doing... Uh-huh. <laughs> we are doing Dublin. We no. are doing... No, we are doing... Um, Somewhere else. We're doing Salford. Uh, That's guess. the last oh, one. And there okay. is another one. And it is... Newcastle. No. No. Sheffield. Did I say Sheffield? We're no. doing Sheffield. Oh. So, yeah. So, those are the dates we're doing. If you want to find out about it, empireonline.com slash pod tour, all one word. Uh, tickets are basically on sale now, actually, as you are. You can buy tickets now. Now, but crucially, this is not going to be the regular Empire podcast. No, 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 no. This is... We're calling this an evening with the Empire Podcast. We came very close to calling it an intimate evening with the Empire <laughs> Podcast. We thought that would, you know, they'd assume, especially if we're in Sheffield, we were doing the full Monty. Uh-huh. So uh, it's not going to be like that, but we are going to be doing different things, including maybe the three fast structures. It's going to be more more of a kind of like a, an interesting, uh, shall we say, experiential experiment. It will not be going out as a podcast. You will only get to see oh, wow. it if you come and see us on the night. You will otherwise you will never know what basically what happens on tour stays on tour. So it's does never going mean, out as a pod. This is so you don't have to get guests. It's not so we don't have to get guests, boy. It's <laughs> more so we don't get sued. Uh, no, no, no. It's uh, no. We just thought it'd be nice. We thought it'd be nice. Oh, are you going to get your guitar event. out? Thought, Am I going to get my guitar? I no. Thought, I thought that uh, at one point the uh, there was going to be a pilot TV podcast element to this. Tour. There, what well, see, to that? see, Again. there, there, no, yeah. there is there. There Snub. has been Snub. discussions, mm-hmm. but that's that's still in the, the works. The clamor was too huge. Yeah, that was even deal with. Yeah. That was God, can you imagine if the gang went on yeah. tour? Yeah. yeah. I floated we're, the idea of bringing you guys in there and they were like, guys, guys, we I don't think we can accommodate that much star power. Yeah, because yeah. like, also you have to hire security. Well, right, and the yeah. venues only seat 500 people. Yeah, fine. Like, you know what? Like, it would just be ridiculous. And also our riders. 
What's yeah. next? I mean, we want yours. Let's be honest. Yeah, my right. Uh, well, yeah. I'm glad I brought that up, but I can't even remember how I brought that up. Oh yeah, if we all happen to do three fact structure. Yeah, I'll, I'll be. I'll look forward yeah, to the be fun. Yeah. Be fun. Yeah. So you won't be able to listen to us as you go to sleep, I but mean, you can follow us around the country, Boydy, uh, like a like a groupie. You, um, oh my god! Can oh my you? God. How embarrassing! Jesus I would honestly. Christ. Well, Boydy bought all five tickets. I would rather shoot him than let him do that. Really? Yeah. That's harsh. That's okay. Don't worry. It's not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. You won't have to shoot me. No, I'm not gonna do it. I'm fine. I'm not gonna be invited to take part in Unbelievable. I feel like the Jack Reacher special. Oh, here we go. We've had a mic conversation about this. James is denying that he like invited Boyd to do it as an afterthought. James said nothing. I I am the witness to it and yeah, he's still denying it. Did did I or did I not invite Boyd to participate in the Reacher Spoiler Special before recording the Reacher Spoiler Special? Yeah, with just a few hours. Yeah, exactly. Minutes to spare. I mean, look, Reacher's clock with the clock in his head, he would have taken me up on the offer. That's all Mm, I'm saying. You're reaching. Uh, But that should be up on the Pilot Plus feed now as we go out certainly that's the plan I'm glad so, I'm providing plugs for all these uh, things yeah it's good yeah. <laughs> I'm not taking so, so if you want to hear our spoiler Boyd, special be sure to yeah. tune in yeah of, if, you, if you love Boyd and you <laughs> want you to hear what? the spoiler special will reach season all, two I forgive you all of these things because Ooh. you are at least helping me next week doing a thing that will be his I am that's me. very true yeah. that's very true we have an exciting interview next week what if, what if it doesn't happen? What if it doesn't happen? What if it gets cancelled? She I might know. cancel, yeah. She might. Oh, it's a she! Ooh, so we've already given it away. It's a she. It's a she. It's a she. It's a she. I mean... Uh, we're not going to say who it is, Jodie Foster. Uh, but, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're try to do an interview. It's going to be very exciting and I'm going to be going along to... Uh, Harry David, Jodie Foster produce. in one month. That's right. Let's, yeah. not, let's not, you know, let's not spoil it before it happens. No, I'm going all out on this. I yeah. can't she wait to meet her. She might get COVID. Well, don't wish it upon her. She'll be fine. It may or may not happen. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Exciting. Right, okay. What have we been watching this week, Boyd? Well, it's been a busy week. Um, for me, uh, I've had two TV juries mm-hmm. on. I won't say what they are, um, but they've involved a lot of watching of stuff, hours and hours of watching of stuff. So there's that. Um, I also hosted a Q and A on Monday for The Way, which is the new um, drama, BBC drama, directed by Michael Sheen, written by James Graham of of legendary um, Sherwood. He did Sherwood. He did the quiz about the the quiz oh, show yeah, about yeah. who wants to be a millionaire. He's a brilliant writer. He did the recently This England, the football play about mm-hmm. the England football team. He's a genius. And Adam Curtis, the extraordinary documentarian whose show last series, I think we reviewed on this very podcast. And they were all in the discussion along with us. Callum Scott Howes is in it from It's a Sin, who's a lovely guy, brilliant guy, and he's fantastic in the thing. So I hosted that and we will be reviewing that. I guarantee you in next week's podcast, on next week's podcast. And it'll be fascinating to see what we think. So I'm not saying... Well, that boy, it's, it's a busy week. It is a busy <laughs> week. I'm telling you now, we'd have to review it. It's, it's fascinating, yeah. It's, 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 um, it that's about? what I'll say. It's about how um, there's a basically like an uprising in Portalbot in Wales because of um, threats, to clo- threats to close the steelworks, which mm-hmm. is the whole um, heart of the whole community. And it all t- spins off from there. But it's like a huge, big state of the nation kind of thing. But they were Michael Sheen, absolute legend. Love him. He's so fantastic. They're all they're all great actually. But yeah, so that was that was exciting. So I watched um, I've seen two episodes of that. Um and I did finally get around to watching randomly mm. the finale of The Crown, which I had done um for for reasons. Yeah, I think there was a general feeling that the last series of The Crown wasn't was was not great and that it was quite controversial with the Diners Ghost thing um and all of that. So and I kind of slightly lost my obsession. I was absolutely obsessed with it all the way through until that final season. And the second half, I was like, it kind of felt like it was like tailing off a bit, and wasn't that bothered. But I hadn't. But so I finally got around to watching it. And I have to say, the, but no, I can't spoil it because people still won't have seen it. Mm. All I'll say is, oh, is it not aired yet? 
Yeah, it's because it's there. But not everyone's caught up. I haven't caught up, have they? I mean, oh, okay, like, sure. I mean, you, have, I mean, you don't watch it. You know how you... spoilers work, right? <laughs> 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 um, okay, fair play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the particular thing I'm referring to, this the, literally the final scene of the whole thing, well, what I say is it refers to the Queen, you know, the, the Queen dying, obviously, because when Peter Morgan wrote this thing, he, he, I'm sure he wasn't expecting or having to deal with the fact that the Queen eventually died. So he does deal with it in, 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 in an extraordinary way, that's all I'll say. But I thought it was absolutely preposterous. So I, oh, I really? really do. Yeah, it was, More it, than the ghost? In a way, yeah. He lost you, did he? He lost me. He totally lost me. And, I'm out. Um, Boyd. Boyd then, knocked down with the crown. But I'd be interested Ooh. to know, there was a little bit, got a lot of some feedback from listeners. I remember when he out, when, went out of the time. Um, but yeah, I'd be fascinated what people think. But it's really, really out there, the uh, the finale. You made me want to watch it. Yeah, now. check it. Check it. But the um, the thing that I've enjoyed most this week, so because of that, I didn't have much time to watch loads of episodes of things. So I thought I'm going to treat myself to a one-off is it a film? Is it a one-off documentary, a feature-length one-off documentary? Is it a TV one-off feature? Who, who knows? But what it is, is The Greatest Night in Pop. And it's on Netflix. And it is a one-off feature-length documentary. It's a film. We reviewed it on Empire. Did you? <laughs> yes. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. It's not a film. It's yeah. not coming out of cinemas. It's, it's a film. film. It's absolutely yes, not a film. Yes, Boydie, because only things that arrive in cinemas yeah. are films. <laughs> it's, a, it's a documentary. It's a TV documentary. And, oh my God, did you watch it? Uh, no, of course not. Uh, who reviewed on the podcast? Chris did. Someone he enjoyed did. it. He it's fucking it brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. It's Which about, decades does it cover? It, oh, no, no. It's, it's about the, the recording and creation uh, and recording of We Are The World, the um, oh, USA for yes. Africa yes, yes, yes. Uh, song in 1985. And, not only, and it's just, it is the most remarkable night in, in probably pop music history. So I'll read, you the, I'll read you the list of people who took part in this, in this thing, right? Ray Charles, Michael Jackson... Billy Joel, Cindy Lauper, uh, Willie Nelson, Lionel Richie, Diana Ross, Paul Simon, Bruce Springsteen, Tina Turner, Dionne Warwick, Stevie Wonder, oh Bob God. Dylan. You know, it's what it, a it's insane, and it, it kind of and of course Bob Geldof had already put together Do They Know It's Christmas, which was pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. But even as a huge fan of that the period of the eighties, you know, this was my golden period of music, and I loved all those people like Ultravox and Spandau Ballet. They were kind of like you know British new romantic. These are legends, right? Fucking everywhere you look, legends. And weirdly, Dan Aykroyd, which I'm sure, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure Chris Hewitt pointed out because of the set of Ghostbusters and song. He's he's there. Dan Aykroyd's there for the whole fucking thing at the back, like you know, doing backing vocals. And, and why not? And why not exactly? But you see this footage of Michael Jackson, for example, dealing with these other megastars. And he co-wrote the song with Lionel Richie. The whole thing is framed by... So the talking heads now are, are like Lionel Richie and Bruce Springsteen talking about the day. And Lionel Richie is hilarious. He's a hilarious storyteller. Really? Yeah, and raconteur. Who knew? But he really is. And his recounting... He was like... he On the day, he co-wrote the song. And on the night they recorded um, the single, which went on for hours and hours into the wee small hours, since like six day and the next day pretty much he would like cajole them individually all these they put a sign up famously famously <laughs> saying leave your egos at the door but they did not and there's like a couple of guys and they show it and they show him people not leaving their egos at the door there's all kinds of there's a couple of moments I want to make one is without spoiling it that Cindy Lauper has to re-record while she's doing her bit um, there's this mystery noise right in the microphone and no one can tell what the fuck it is Quincy Jones the legend is producing the whole thing it's like there's a noise there's a noise she keeps having to redo it because of this noise and it's like when they find out what the noise is it's brilliant I'm not going to spoil it look out for the, what the noise is and the other bit that genuinely moved me almost to tears is when Bob Dylan is there right now I've 
I think I talked about him in the last, in the last, yeah. we talked about him for some reason, I can't remember why. He's one of my all-time heroes, obviously. And he's really nervous and kind of sweetly, like not really, not really understand. Because all of these great legends like Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson and all these people have incredible, technically brilliant, beautiful voices, all of them, Obviously, Bob Dylan isn't, his voice, I mean, I love his voice and everything, but it's a growly, gravelly, famously, you know, it's in a quiet taste, put it that way. Some people could barely <laughs> listen to Bob Dylan because of his voice, especially how it became in his later years. I mean, he's still with us, thankfully. So he, but he's visibly kind of like, doesn't really know how to sing his bit because of all of these people and their incredibly slick, brilliant voices. And then what happens is he gets Stevie Wonder to, to play the song on the piano and his bit, and he sings it next to him Aww. and he kind of just suddenly gets it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's all happy and he hugs Stevie Wonder old, and he hugs good old Bruce. Stevie to rescue. And it's a fantastic moment. It's a fantastic insight into, into Bob Dylan into everything and I love honestly I cannot I love it uh, it's a brilliant thing and Bruce Springsteen because the song itself is kind of cheesy right it's a, this mm-hmm. big cheesy ballad we are the world we are God's children I mean why watch a documentary when you can just yeah. listen to boys sing it 100% <laughs> yeah but Bruce Springsteen makes the really good points about how this in particular event trying to create a record to raise millions and millions for people in Africa who are going through famine it, it needed a song like that and he talks about how in the, you know the song was appropriate it's fascinating stuff like that so I'm sorry it's a film I'm sorry you've reviewed it on the Empire podcast no it's great it's great tune in next week for our reviews of Madame Webb and June Part 2 <laughs> sarcastic twat <laughs> It must have been a, it must have been a week week for you to do it for you to spend that. I much think Chris time on really it. enjoyed it, so he insisted we uh, talk right. about it against my protestations. Yeah. And of course, and, and of course, it's not like Chris doesn't fucking review TV yes, every single week and create special pilot spoiler special yeah, podcasts about TV series that don't involve me. So I've got my own back. <laughs> I recommend wow. it. The, wow. the greatest night <laughs> in pop. The, the greatest night in pop on Netflix. It is brilliant. You will love it. I'm saying yeah. it's not Reacher season two. Well. I mean, it's own. No, it's definitely Boy, not. No, he wasn't on the podcast like to discuss it. <laughs> yeah, let's do a spoiler special podcast on this. Let's all watch it. <laughs> we Great are the pod. Pop. We'll get um, Billy Joel on the phone. And, Billy uh, Joel. I'll be jo- Joel. 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 For sure. Um, and um, what's the funny? Other funny. I just remember t- talking about pronunciation. There's a fun, funny bit about how Michael Jackson referred called Lionel Richie calls him Lionel, <laughs> and Lionel Richie goes, he keeps calling me Lionel. <laughs> it's, it's like that. To you be see? fair, it's the kind of thing I would do. Yeah, it's funny though. It makes yeah. him sound like a thundercat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love thundercats. Yeah. Anyway, I can't recommend it high enough. There you go. Okay. Have you seen any good films this week you'd like to talk about? I mean... I'm not getting involved in your little spat. Um, I've watched a lot this week, so... Oh, okay. Strap in. Oh, yep. Buckle up. Um, James is going to be... You'll you'll have done all yours, so James is going to be, I'll watch an episode of Friends. Uh, Yeah. Anyway. I actually didn't get any Friends watched this week. Oh, okay, good. Or Buffy. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Go on, you go first. No, (laughs) no, no. 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 I interrupted you for that (laughs) joke. Right, I watched the first three episodes of Expats. Oh, okay, yes, yes. good, 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 Prime which I bid. haven't yet. Mm. So I'm enjoying it, but I found the first episode really slow going. And it was only because I was sort of, um, okay, I'm going to admit something really geeky. <laughs> I was doing a puzzle. I started doing a puzzle. What, like a jigsaw? Yeah, jiggo. And oh I, my God. Yeah, when I did know, you I'm retire? 100. Jiggo? Huh? Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> so someone gave it to me for my birthday. It's a Poirot one. Right. It's a uh, Poirot yeah. jigsaw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All makes sense. What's do you have to like investigate which pieces were responsible for falling out of there? I'm very confused. Is it David it's Suchet got, puzzle? No, it's not. Oh. It's an illustrated one. It's got oh. all the different kind of all her books illustrated in different ways with little clues. Oh. It's actually every really time cool. you put a piece in the wrong place, there's a little voice goes, That is where you are wrong, monsieur. 
How long have you wanted to do that accent? And you're going to say it's a French accent, it's meant to be Belgium. That, yeah? I think you're fine. That, that was the nuance of my accent there was very specifically a Brussels accent. Okay, anyone from Brussels, get in touch. What, tell us what you thought of James' <laughs> accent. Um, anyway, yeah, so I was doing that when I watched the first episode and I found it slow. But I thought I was so distracted with the puzzle and then it was just rolling on and on. And then, like, I stopped the puzzle and that's a sign of how good it was. Episodes two and three, I just absolutely, I really got into it. And I think, after episode two, when you discover the trauma suffered by Kidman and her husband, you become really emotionally invested. So yeah, I know, Boyd, you've watched it. I no. can confirm it is good. Um, I finished all of Here We Go, Tom Basden's comedy. And that was a total joy to be in the company of the Jessops and Associates. Mm. Uh, wow. A few, James. <laughs> and the last episode particularly was poignant, really poignant, I thought. Um, and Simon Farm. Barnaby, yeah. uh, Julian Fawcett, MP from Ghosts. He is great as Boyd, my second favourite Boyd. And he's Paul's brother-in-law who never asks a question. And I thought he was a great addition um, to the cast. Is he the only the second TV Boyd we've encountered on the show? Mm. Um, yeah, was I think other, so. Harold Perrineau Jr. from from uh, oh, yeah. from from. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Sheriff Boyd. Trevor Eve was DS Boyd in Walking oh. the Dead. That doesn't count. No, it doesn't. Okay. But yeah, so, and his nickname on the show is Void. And it did make me think, shall we rename Boyd Void? But Void? Yeah. Uh, How do you not, feel about I'm that? I'm not feeling it. Boydy? Mm. When Boyd isn't, you see, Boyd has always been on this podcast. He's not missed a single episode. And I think yeah. the reason is so that he doesn't create a Boyd shaped void. Yes. <laughs> Very good. And long may that continue, yeah. frankly, because you're yeah. the glue that holds it all together. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Prime Video. So a lot of people oh, have been singing the show's praises. I finished all at the weekend. Mm. And I'm like, I really loved it. And it's all down to the chemistry between uh, Donald Glover and Maya Erskine. And the last episode was so intense and I need to discuss it with someone. So yeah, everyone needs to watch it because I need to discuss that, please. Um, and then the last two things very quickly because they're not, oh, well, one is not very, I know, um, piloty, but The Apprentice, I've been watching that new oh, series. Yeah, I have. I've cut, I used to be a, a, an apprentice kind of like obsessive, but I haven't, mm. I've kind of gone off it. I it did as well. I did, and I haven't watched the last few. Yeah. But for some reason, it's because I wanted to put it in my column. I wanted to see if there's anything good on it. And the characters on there, I mean, obviously Hello. preposterous. Hello. A bunch of doofuses trying and failing to impress Lord Sugar. And lastly, The Dry. So we reviewed that. Oh, yeah. um, when it was on ITV uh, X, yes, and now it's come to the main one, ITV One, right? Uh, yes. And um, <laughs> or was it on Disney? No, that was extraordinary. That was no, Disney. that was extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Yeah, it's come so, to ITV One. Yeah, it's late night, isn't it? On Mondays or something. Like that. Yeah. Sunday or Monday. Yeah. James is looking confused. Quizzical. Yeah. <laughs> this has is, happened. This, yeah. this is true. I can't it's remember what. It's, again, it's, it's one of these shows with an no, incredibly no, Irish. generic title. Right, so. it's the comedy drama starring Roisin Gallagher who was in The Lovers, as a recovering alcoholic, Shiv, who goes back home to Ireland. Yes. Yes, for the funeral of her Now grandma. I remember. Yeah, and it was yes. good. And I only watched one episode, so I've, I've continued good, with yeah. that, and it's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And oh, that is all. How many episodes are there? Six. That I've seen. I'm going to yeah, say six. In all. I thought you said you finished. Oh, no, no, I haven't oh, finished It feels that. like a six-parter. Only two were available like to me, and it does feel like a six-parter. <laughs> I think it's all available on ITVX. Really? Yeah, I believe so. The dry, yeah. Oh, ITVX's thing is they put everything out also like it came out months ago so. yeah 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 exactly yeah. and that as well but because the, the new series starts soon I believe second season starts pretty soon drier <laughs> can I ask you the something the dry to a, even drier a tedious technical question that's of not course. relevant to anyone but me probably of course I'm probably doing something wrong I think it's is it on Prime or is it on Disney one of the channels when you pause it like I love it with Sky when you pause it you can see how much left of the show you've got hmm. Disney is it Disney when you do it it doesn't come up at all really yeah 
I find that hard to believe. I mean, it's possible. Or is it Amazon? One of the two, yeah. Well, Amazon has the X-ray thing, which is actually the only thing to recommend the Amazon UI, but the X-ray is quite cool, where it tells you who everyone is oh, in the yeah. scene. Sometimes yeah, yeah, that yeah. comes yeah. up by accident, though, and I find it quite difficult. Well, while you're watching it, it's yeah. just like on the screen. Yeah, yeah. and I find it quite... Uh, there are times where I can't I get rid of it. I've never like, had that. Yeah, I think you're that. sitting on the remote. Yeah, I think so, too. Oh, maybe. Mm. Okay. That's me done. What did I watch this week? So I went back to Trigger Point, which is the bombiest show that ever bombed anything <laughs> bomby. But didn't uh, bomb. But didn't bomb. No, it's uh, great. Enjoying that a lot. But I was derailed on the weekend when I sat down to watch eight solid back-to-back hours of Shogun. And yes, I know I oh. talked about this last week. However, by wondrous, fortuitous coincidence, the embargo on Shogun has now lifted. So I can say it is amazing. Uh, I love it. It is a... Oh, but are we going to be reviewing this? We are, yeah. So you're oh, completely... You do, yeah. This is going completely is against the... Yeah. Oh, oh, I, James, I, I, don't... Could don't, I, could don't I... Could I your your Honor, Your Honor. No, point of order, Your Honor. Point of order. And I refer you to every early show Boyd ever watched, which he reviews. He doesn't, he doesn't give a full no, review. No, I don't. I don't I'm not giving you a full review. I just oh, said I, I thought it was amazing. No, I don't do... I'm very, I scrupulously avoid saying if I think it's good or not. I mean, I'm oh, I see. I'm sure when you did the gold, you talked... Really? Maybe. Quite extensively about it. Maybe and gave what I would I would qualify as a review. You know, I love to defend you, know. but I can't be sure you didn't. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back to the master tape. Yeah, yes, sir. That's <laughs> Darren. it. We'll have Darren, to examine yeah. the Help evidence. Me out here. Help a guy out here. <laughs> go on, James. What do you uh, think of it? It's amazing. Yeah. It's it's absolutely amazing. I I I am I am smitten with it. But crucially, the reason why it's surprising that I am smitten with it is it is around ninety five percent in Japanese. Wow. Like, so you had to wow. do the thing you hate most, it is, reading on TV? It is subtitled to fuck. Like, wow. there's English in it, but mm-hmm. it is it is mainly in Japanese. Obviously, it takes place in Osaka, Japan. And uh, it's, it, I mean, it, but it's so, so good. And the reason I love it so much is partly because it's basically like watching Game of Thrones. And not just because it's political intrigue, because it's basically a fantasy, because Edo period Japan is so divorced from any of our kind of experiences of everyday life. It feels like a fantasy world. It could just be Game of Thrones because they like the it's the cultural difference. It's not like like modern Japanese culture. It's like the the whole Bushido code where everything they do is governed by this incredibly strict sense of honor whereby there are people who for example if they speak out of turn in a meeting will go home and ritually disembowel themselves. Like this this is the thing that happens in the show. As I should um, and I think we should bring that into the pod, okay? <laughs> Anytime someone commits a crime, I want you to take a hard look at yourself and then go home and, you know, and sort it commit out. Commit seppuku. Yeah. yeah, okay. That seems perfectly reasonable. But yes, I I was obsessed with this show. I could not stop watching what it. Channel? It is wonderful. Uh, it comes to Disney Plus at uh, at the end of this month. But it's it's very, very good. Okay. So, yeah. It is, it is currently, it might even be front runner, but it's definitely up there as a hot contender for my show of the year, I would say. Wow. Okay, now, oh now you're God. going I mean, too this far. Is, this, yeah. Yeah. this is like, yeah. I, James, would ne- I never said now. that about the gold. Well, because yeah. it wasn't. No, but even if it had been, it wasn't. No, well, no, no. Let's, is, I'm, I'm excited. Rules. I'm excited. You're, you're totally I think we do need to get that rule book out and start. It's an anarchist. It's like, yeah. in all, if either of us had done this, he would oh, have been... Oh, yeah. we were walking through... So, By the way, he took me through such a like a convoluted way of getting to the studio today. We were being and, followed and, by Assassin's oh, Cave. He kept on saying that to me as well. Every time I was like, why can't we just go directly there? And he's like, oh no, left, let's go right. Oh God, anyway. And I wanted to talk about something in an oblique way about one of the shows we're doing. 
And he like point black review. Yeah. Like, I, I, what I specifically said to her, I said, if you, I'm going to tell Boyd on you if you break <laughs> the cardinal rule of the podcast, which is telling me what oh, you think of the show before yeah. we record. But listen, I wasn't going to, Boyd, can I just be clear? Yes. I wasn't going to say what I thought of the show. No. It was that one of the things that happened in the show was pertinent to perhaps his life. So I was just talking oh, to him about that. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, this whole thing, but what you've just done with Shogun is, is that's definitely... Yes. Right. I mean, it's beyond the palace, but I mean, it's an actual TV show, which I guess puts me one up on you, but, but it's absolutely fine. <laughs> 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 nice try. I mean, nice try. Ooh. I'm not advocating the review, the We Are The World this documentary, very... as on the show. It's just what I've been watching. It's a very, I mean, very aggy pop pod yeah, today. Because he's realised he's, he's committed a cardinal, a, a cardinal know, Shogun set. Have I? Yeah. Mm. I, I may actually have to ritually disembowel myself now. Yeah, you might have um, to. On the plus side, we can just ignore Nora now and don't have to review it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> also, it means we can just do what the hell we want. Yeah. Exactly. I just, I, 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 I clearly, I've, I've broken an unwritten rule of the podcast. Uh, you so have, and the other thing you've done, which I didn't want to stop you mid flow, was oh. because you were so excited to spoil it for everyone. No joke. Because you're so excited <laughs> to tell us what you thought, you spoke super, super fast. Yeah, but crucially, not in Japanese. Yes, okay, so, that's know. one thing. The reason why I'm bringing it up, and I talked about this on Plus, <laughs> is that one of our listeners, um, who is French, said they find it very hard that we talk very fast when we Grande get... vitesse. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and um, yeah, so we're trying to talk more slowly. Are we? I'm not. But then they, they say they discovered I mean, the 0.75 setting on the podcast, so it's all fine. Oh, yeah, they just we sound drunk. Down. <laughs> anyway, Shogun, which is on Disney Plus, <laughs> actually launches on the 27th of February, which oh. is quite soon. Yes. Did you, I think you said March, didn't you? So no, I said end of February. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah. Sorry to. Uh, Sorry to accuse you of being inaccurate, <laughs> but um, I thought I'd give listeners because they want to know these facts. That's true. Yes, clearly, another bit of feedback we clearly had. Clearly and slowly. The channel out. we must mention when what channel it is on. The yeah. date very uh, clearly. Just to draw back the veil as well. Kay uh, messaged me while I was in the middle of one of these juries today. Which oh, very much God. amused oh, me. God. It very much amused me. Right, how long? I, I don't know how long. This, don't be a dick. I don't know how long. Oh, you can cut this out if you want. I don't know no, how long. I don't know how long this streaming service has been going. <laughs> right, but. Here's, here's the question from Kay to me on today. Teams, Prime Video, Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime Video, help me! <laughs> because they change all the fucking time. I mean, it's been Prime Video for about five years. When was it Amazon Prime? It felt like yesterday. About Come five on. years ago. Amazon Prime is the service where you get the free delivery. Yeah. Prime yeah. Video is where they have the shows. Yeah. Okay, so we're, are we all going... I mean, listen... The, the main just, point, the pertinent point is years. Just, this has just, been going on for years. Just confirm something with me now. Are we all going with Prime Video then? Yes, okay. that is that is traditionally you, what because, we have called it. Especially because on the end of all of their communiques, every single one of them, it says, please remember to refer to us as Prime Video, not Amazon Prime. Now, okay, but, it's now, not now TV. Correct. <laughs> no, but... I Googled it because Boyd gets very angry with me for asking him questions that I could look up and I say I'm consulting him, which is my Google, but he won't have it. Anyway, so um, I did look it up and people were saying Amazon Prime. Or oh, Amazon people Prime do Video. say Amazon Prime. I mean, I've done interviews for this very podcast with people in Prime Video shows and they say, oh yeah, I'm on this Amazon Prime. Yeah. And I'm like, you haven't read the memo. Yeah. It's confusing. Anyway, yeah, yeah the veil was pulled back there by Boyd and um, mm. I might reciprocate later. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Well, okay then. Uh, well, that's it. That's what we've been watching. We are done. Kay, would you like to unveil the listener question? I would love to. So this question comes from Nicola 
Stoko, I'm going to say. And her question is, after spotting a DVD copy of 1982 film The Thing in episode one of New True Detective, I wondered whether Pilot Pod has any other favourite similar homages. Um, love the pod. Sorry, don't live in Fiji. <laughs> I'm devastated by this fact. I know. We went up, by the way, the other day in the Fiji charts. I did check and I meant to alert you. You checked, brilliant. Yeah. How many? Were... I always monitor the situation in Fiji. Yeah, yeah. This is a difficult one, isn't it? No, I've oh. got an answer. Oh, oh well, my God. <laughs> wow, wow, Kay has yeah. her one answer ready Come to go. On. Which Bring it on. never happens. Bring it on. By the way, while you while you mm. find it, uh, someone um, uh, posted on uh, social media somewhere, I saw earlier this week, uh, shots of that scene in, um, in True Detective, of the Thing DVD, and you know there's a continuity error. So there's a shot of Jodie Foster with the book- bookshelves behind her, where all the DVDs are, without the Thing DVD oh. there. And then half a second later, there's another shot it's perfect similarly framed with the thing DVD behind it well so is it continuity or is it because the thing is a shapeshifter <laughs> and Ooh, actually maybe. it was like season 7 of Friends and then it turns into the thing maybe it's do you know what spoiler. that could be question number one when you interview her yes maybe not okay so the thing I was going to point out is about the thing about the thing is all the Meryl Streep easter eggs in Only Murders in the Building if you recall in her apartment, she played Loretta. We've mentioned it, we yeah. have said it before. But in her apartment, it was decorated with loads of little nods to all the things she's been in. Like, um, there was an, I think, an Out, in Af- Out of Africa poster. There was nods to The Devil Wears Prada. Um, what else? Oh, they had tulips there because in Julian Julian, some scenes that, you know, the tulips were there. Kramer versus Kramer, etc. So, yeah, that's my answer. My one and only answer, only murders in the building, the Meryl Streep Easter eggs. First of all, I, I've only got one answer really as well, but I did want to mention how, of course, the Friends DVD plays a huge part in acclaimed film. Film. Here we go. Leave the world oh behind. God. Boyd, that is not... true, and they reference the West Wing. Yes, it is. However, a film. It is a film. But I'm this just saying, is not the Empire. I'm just podcast. saying, Friends DVD. You know, fans. Do you know what's happening? Because you will refuse <laughs> to invite him on the fucking podcast, he's now making mm. pilot. See, see, the thing is, obviously the arbiter of who is in the line of the Empire podcast is Chris, but what Boyd is crucially doing is he is campaigning on the Pilot TV podcast, the only <laughs> podcast that Chris doesn't listen to. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. this is where oh, you're going I'm wrong. I'm aware of the, of the... Okay, so if you love Boyd, That's... please do at Chris Hewitt. Well, I don't know what his handle is. Oh, please don't. And um, no, get no, him on the podcast. Do Thanks. He'll, he'll get annoyed. He'll start posting pictures of the Liverpool manager in <laughs> states. He'll be, he'll be down at the moment anyway because Arsenal beat Liverpool so triumphantly the weekend. Okay. Anyway, What's everyone's answer? My one big answer is, and I have mentioned this scene before, but it is my answer to this question, which is the uh, JFK pastiche in an episode of Seinfeld back in 1992 in The Boyfriend, which is a two-part um, so Seinfeld. So you know how in JFK, the movie, the Oliver Stone movie, there's the in the courtroom scene when um, Kevin Costner is interrogating, he's talking about the magic bullet theory and he's pointing out how a bullet couldn't have gone from um, the shooter into JFK's head, etc., because of various angles. They do a pastiche of that in Seinfeld, but it's based on how um, this baseball player, Keith Hernandez, spat on someone, expectorated, and landed on one of the characters. Um, um, and they, he does a recreation of that using the same film stock and the same one of the actors who's in both, who's in JFK and Seinfeld, Wayne Knight, who plays Newman. And it's just a brilliant pastiche of JFK and comparing the magic bullet to the magic loogie, as he says, or luger, which I think is American for spittle. And um, it's just a brilliant sequence. And they did loads of kind of pastiches and Easter egg type film references on Seinfeld, but that was the best one. And it's a fantastic high point of the whole thing. Over Good to answer. James. Okay, that is a good answer. Uh, what see this? This is less a what is your favourite and more 
is there one you can remember? Which, mm. which is what I feel is. Um, I might go with, uh, did you ever watch that episode of Friends <laughs> that had Buffet the Vampire Layer in it? Yeah. Yeah? So this is one where Phoebe, it turns out Phoebe's actually a porn star. Of course, it's not Phoebe. It's Ursula oh, pretending yeah. to be Phoebe. And she's in a Buffy porn parody called Buffet the Vampire Layer. Uh, which I thought was quite funny. Um, what else was that? that? So there's an ongoing thing. I don't know if you guys are aware, aware of this. There is an ongoing fan theory that The Walking Dead takes place in the same universe as Breaking Bad. Do you know this? Only because you've mentioned it before. Yeah. Have I? I think so. Yeah. Well, you might well, mention it to me in, in off air. Possibly. Yeah. Well, okay, so they're both AMC shows. Mm. But there have been a few kind of oblique references in The Walking Dead to Breaking Bad. In particular, there's one uh, where Daryl is talking about... Um, he's talking to one of the characters, I think, it was, I think it's Beth. And uh, he's talking about his brother's drug dealer. And he describes him as like this janky little white guy tweaker who pulls a gun and says, I'm going to kill you, bitch! You know, who, which is obviously clearly Aaron Paul's character from Breaking Bad. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was like, Jesse, it's good. I thought that was I thought it was nice because it was subtle. And yeah, I quite like that idea that The Walking Dead is mm. Breaking Bad's future. Mm. That somewhere out there, you know, the zombie of Walter White is just gonna you know, roaming the land. Maybe he reanimated shortly after the finale of Breaking Bad. Who knows? Maybe they to- they crossed over. Do they incorporate other AMC shows? Like, wasn't Mad Men AMC? It was always Mad, Mad Men is AMC, Helen yeah. Wheels is AMC, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Could be any of those. Yeah. It's a, it's a good theory. Well, it's not good theory. <laughs> he doesn't it's sound an, impressed. It's an interesting theory. It's an interesting, it may be. Yeah. Uh, also, I quite liked, and I'm not going to use any of the Simpsons opening sequences because that feels like that's a cop-out, although the Game of Thrones one was very good. But the one where Fat Tony from The Simpsons is driving through Springfield and they play the Sopranos theme when he goes <laughs> yes, through. Yes, that's brilliant. And I thought that was a lot That is fun. brilliant. There's, there are other um, like um, Easter egg type things in True Detective, of course. There's the, there's the bit where um, the, the Crew Pro Crow reference yes, to Science Sons of the Lambs. Lambs. I might yes. actually bring that up with Jodie Foster next week. Yeah, obviously. Because... I love the Science of the Lambs kind of influence on the whole thing. And that was making it crystal clear in case we hadn't noticed that it is, there are a lot of similarities with that masterpiece. Okay, well, I guess that is it for the post bag. Uh, if you do have your questions, you would like them read out, do send them to us at Pilot TV Pod on Instagram or on Twitter, or to at KRibero just on Twitter because, frankly, some hackers took over her Instagram account and have never given it back. Let's move on now to... This week's guests. If you were listening to Pilot Plus last Thursday, you would have heard us review Netflix's One Day, in which Amber Mod and Leah Woodall play a couple who meet at university, and then we rejoin them on the 15th of July every year for the next two decades, charting as they weave in and out of each other's lives. Uh, well, Boydie wove in and out of both of their lives just recently when he spoke to both of them about that show. Uh, and this is what happened. This is One Day with Boyd. Ambika Maud and Leo Woodle. Hi, Ambika and Leo. Welcome to the Pilot TV podcast. How's it going? Good, thank you. How are you? Good, yeah. Excited to talk about the show because this is one of my favourite books. So of all time, um, I read it when it came out. I met David Nichols, the whole thing. So how, what was your relationship to the book, Ambika, before you um, got cast in the role? Um, well, I, I also read it when it came out. Um, I was like 13 or 14 years old. And like it's always been one of my absolute favorite books. Like it's always stuck with me. Yeah, all of this feels very surreal, but I absolutely love the book. Like I've been a big fan for nearly half my life now. Leo, did you have a? Did you read the book when it came out? No, I, I did not. Okay. Uh, I I read it when I was auditioning. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think it makes the book so special? Because it's got it's kind of there's various things about it, aren't there? That are unique. I think. What, what, what for you? What was it that made it so special, Ambika? 
Um, well, I had like a different, in, what I think I responded to it very differently uh, when I first read it to when I then reread it when I was auditioning for the role. Because obviously when I first read it, I was like, again, like I say, like 13. When I reread it, I was 26. Um, so I'd obviously like lived some of the life that Emma had lived, Emma and Dexter had lived. Um, I mean, I think there's so much to be taken away from it. And I'm sure it's a book that you learn something new from every time you revisit it, especially as you get older. But I saw a woman on social media, some, a, 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 she's like a book reviewer, she reviewed it on social media recently, on Instagram, I think it was. And I remember her just saying that this book is life. This book is life. Like there is every spectrum of life in this novel and in this story. And I know that when we've been sort of like promoting the show, we, we get asked about it being a romance and it being a love story, but I'm really hesitant to call it that now because... I think it's so much more than just a love story between Emma and Dexter. Like it's a story about friendship and growing up and how life can actually be really disappointing and how it doesn't turn out the way that you want it to for good or for bad. And um, there's so much of life in this book. And I think that's probably what gravitates towards people. And um, it's also just very, very, fu very funny as well. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And Leah, when you were reading it for when you were, when you were auditioning, etc., did you think, oh, this is a, I mean, it's kind of ambitious, isn't it? To, to, come back to the same character year after year over a long time period with so much going on. Did you think, oh yeah, this is something I can sink my teeth into? 100%. There was, there's so, there's so much that happens to both of them. And I think it's fairly rare for actors to be able to uh, experience so many different periods of one person's life and so many different, of uh, different um, life experiences. Um, so yeah, I was very, very, excited and a little bit daunted but also just yeah it felt like a, a real privilege did the two of you have to like did the two of you do like chemistry read together and all that kind of stuff to make sure that you, it was going to work yeah we did we had it was just one round of like the, the multi-round audition process um but it was like towards the end mm. and um we each read with like three other emma and dexters yeah. um and we had a, a like we had like three 10 page scenes to do and we worked mm. through them several times and mm. with each Emma and with each Dexter and um so it was a very vigorous vigorous process um not that not just that round every every single round but um I mean for good reason you yeah. can't you can't get the casting and the relationship between these two characters wrong the team did a really good thorough job yeah and so did you thank and so did you thank you yeah <laughs> Do you think there was a moment in the audition process, like a, a scene that you did together that that sealed it, sealed the deal, like for the? Uh, I think potentially the maze scene mm. at the wedding. I think was maybe the one where something really clicked. Yeah. Do you say that? I, well, I think for the team, like I mean, I I know I mean I don't want to speak on their behalf, but I know that so many of them feel that that maze scene like encompasses so much of the book so much of Emma and Dexter is just prevalent in that maze scene and um because it was also one of the scenes that we were doing where we were playing obviously much older than we are um we sort of had to bring something new to it that we hadn't really explored before in the audition mm. process so far so probably that one yeah um there's just a lot to unpack in that scene mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but I suppose with the the scene that we also had the scene from Primrose Hill, yeah, um, where there's there's a lot of it's very um, ping pongy mm. and playful, and I think maybe that was the scene that they, yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know. 
they didn't sell us. <laughs> no, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, because that's key, isn't it? The, 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 the kind of the banter, to use that horrible word, between you has to work properly. But the timing between you is, is fantastic. In the, in, the, in the You totally believe that these two have something. And almost like without defining what it is, there's something between them that's special, isn't it? Yeah. Nice, thank you. Thank you. I'm so glad that that comes across. Because um, we didn't think... No, no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a weird one, isn't it? Because I think, like, even though we watch ourselves, we'll never truly be able to sort of... Because we were there filming it, and we know the scene so well. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is just like this back and forth that they have. And um... I think, yeah, we, we were doing, you know, the scenes are so long as well, that mm-hmm. there was a, sometimes a sense after a, a while of, of, you know, repeating the mm-hmm. scenes that we're like, we lost all sense of if it was like any the, good. some of the scenes were, were like yeah. theater. There are so many. I think it's really rare in TV where you just have sort of these really lengthy duologues between two characters. And Emma and Dexter have a lot of those in the show. And actually, a fair few of them were like massively cut down from what we filmed originally. The Primrose Hill thing in episode three was like two times longer. We had a version of it that was two times longer mm-hmm. that we filmed and obviously it was sort of cut down for time and um, I can totally see where they did that. But um, it's, yeah, it did feel like theatre having to sort of do these really lengthy scenes again and again and again and again that had so many colours and so many sort of rhythmic variations in them. Um, so I think that was in itself uh, a new kind of challenge. But the writing was so good. I think the chemistry was just there. Everything seemed to flow. There was never really a scene that we like were really struggling with or grappled with. Mm. So yeah, a lot of the story takes place in the nineties, and obviously, I mean, you two roughly, I'd imagine, were born in the mid nineties. Yeah. So um, mm. I would live through it, and I can tell you that a lot of that stuff is so clever and so accurate. Like the the TV shows, those TV shows, you know, those yeah. late night shows, the restaurant scene. I mean, oh my god, that was horrific to me because I've been to so many of those restaurants. You know, it's part of the. <laughs> As part of the London media set kind of thing. Did you do any research, extra research into all that stuff, or did you just kind of go along with the script? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of 90s culture is still very popular and sort of still exists mm. um, in both of our lives. Mm. So I think it was partly already there anyway. Um, but then I think yeah, the, the rest of it was also just credit to you know, the hair and makeup team and the set designers and costume department. Yeah, the costume department. It, it they everything felt incredibly authentic, but also quite subtle. It wasn't, you know, here's the nineties. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. That is something that the team said really early on that they just what did it, they really wanted to avoid like a pastiche of what the eighties and nineties looked like. Because yeah. that is such a common pitfall in film and TV. And they wanted it to feel really authentic and nostalgic and I think hopefully, you know, from what you've said and from what other people have said, I think they they achieved that. Yeah. There are a lot of haircuts, particularly for you, Leo, I feel like. Yeah. You know, every episode is a slightly different haircut. What did you have any least favorite or favorite? <laughs> <laughs> um I'd say the uh the sort of I think it was late nineties, um almost bangs. Mm. Yes. Like, uh, the hair, yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, what what <laughs> wasn't my favorite? No. <laughs> But I, in in general, I think also because because of the nature of scheduling, uh, we couldn't do too many drastic mm. changes. But uh, Juliet Thomas did did a very good job at still varying it up. 
And Emma's accused of having the Rachel at one point. Um, yeah, I, I, which I, I, I don't know. Objectively, objectively, it's not the Rachel. No. So I think Dexter just has very poor friends knowledge. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, but it's not, it's not, it's not the, because the Rachel is like, it's like layered. It's like that, right? right? Yeah. And Emma's is like swept over. Is that, it was actually the reference picture we used for the haircut was actually Monica. Oh. Which is very ironic. Um, that makes sense. I didn't have as much. I didn't have as much hair transformations as as Paul Leonard, but um, <laughs> I had a I, I had a fun a fun time. I loved my like perm in episode one. I was so oh, close yeah. to perm before learning that they're really bad for your hair. So mm. yeah, they're really bad for your hair apparently. Oh yeah, right. yeah. And apparently they're backside perms in a big way. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm torn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course. It struck me watching that the two of you, like when you, when I read when the casting was announced, that you know you'd both been in these absolutely amazing shows. You know that that we got to know you in in the White Lotus and this is going to hurt. Did you have to? Did you kind of relate to each other in terms of you? You made such impacts in both of those shows individually. Um, like you know, that there was a, a lot to deal with there. That suddenly you both became you know quite famous for being in fantastic shows. Well, Amica had had this is going to had come out, so I was very excited to to meet her because I'd I think watched the entire thing the whole day. Um, but As many did, yeah. Yeah, why those hadn't come out yet. So wow. yeah. okay. Oh, dear. Oh, okay. So I, watched, I watched the rise <laughs> from nearby. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I kept joking that um, this was both our like difficult second album. Mm. We had such like yeah. amazing like breakthroughs, such a ama- like we'd worked with like on such amazing, well received first shows. So um, yeah, to try and follow that was going to be a challenge. But I think you know. Having now watched the show, I think this is like massively a step up for both of us in terms of like what we're showing of ourselves mm. and the stuff that we, you know, the challenges that we, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we're faced with. From. Yeah, absolutely. Like I think you know this is by far and away more challenging. That I, I mean, I found then this is going to hurt. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Uh, so yeah, a massive step up for sure in me- in many ways. Um, but. It was uh, yeah, like, like I said, it was, a, it was the only project that, when I was auditioning for it, seemed like that step up. Mm-hmm. Both yeah, both characters are completely different, aren't they? Yeah, from those characters you played in 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 those shows. What did you make of Leah when you watched The White Lotus? What did you make of him? Well, I, I I knew I'd been working with him for six months when I watched it. Right, mm. must yeah. have been a shock. Yeah, I was, but I'd and I I'd obviously talked to him a lot about the show before watching it, so it was really weird then watching it and then like seeing all the stuff come yeah. to light that we talked about mm. but he was excellent in it yeah. like he was excellent in it and like so like obviously like so integral to the plot um and um i thought you were like chilling and a bit terrifying actually mm. oh, wow, but... jack's a bit it's a bit he's a bit unhinged um i hope he's doing <laughs> okay yeah. um, wherever he is mm. in yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah the essex like boy is coming out somewhere in, in the, yeah yeah yeah. Done so. yeah and the scenes of intimacy in this must have been a walk in the park after that for you leo i mean you know um <laughs> i don't know what you mean no. <laughs> well I, they were very different um mm. You know, there's 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 romance in this in this one in one day. Um, so it's a different kind of intimacy, and uh, you know, it has to be incredibly convincing, whereas and and believable, whereas 
it was the complete opposite for the what happens in the White Lotus, where it's supposed to be shocking and unbelievable. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, you both have great scenes. You know, it's such a roller coaster this show because you have you know very happy, funny scenes, but there are you both go through grueling, quite grueling moments as well. When you're doing those big scenes, like when you there's a scene where you just burst into tears. I won't spoil it. One I'm particularly thinking of. Um, do you have to gear yourself up for those, or do, does it just come naturally to you? There's definitely a, a me personally, a, a kind of headspace that uh, that must be got into. Um, there were there were some scenes that caught me off guard, um, and it's the ones that you know that uh, you know you have to sort of prep yourself for that can be nerve wracking and feel a lot more weight. And because there's so much time that you have beforehand thinking about it, um, and that can sometimes maybe get in your way. Um, Leo's very good at that kind of thing, though. He's very good mm. at bringing emotion and and just like maintaining it all day. Because you, yeah. Dirkster has a lot of hard times. Um, yeah, there did seem days where it was like, oh, Leo has to cry all day. Today. <laughs> um, he's that very, very well. Um, yeah, yeah. But you have a lot as well, though. I mean, you know, you've got you have some terrible men to deal with. Let me just say that. I mean, well, it, well, some terrible, some, some, some in just, their own way. I yeah. mean, you know, I think they're all they all have their pros and their cons. Even Dexter, um, yeah. but yeah, um, Emma has a has a rough a, a, a bit a bit of a rough time of it. Um, but I mean, I in terms of, like the emotional scenes, I. I don't know. I don't know. Like I always try and my my instinct is always to try and make things as like like to veer away from drama in any mm. because I think when people are actually having a really hard time or feel like they're about to cry, like our I think our natural human basic instinct, especially as British people, is to crack a joke mm. and to make it awkward and like. So I try to avoid high drama with Emma as much as possible because I also just didn't feel like authentic to her character and how she deals with her emotions. And I think there's only two real moments where she, you see sort of like um, extreme emotion from her or like you see her at her absolute lowest, which is episode seven and eight. Mm. Uh, you know, that fight with, so I don't know if I'm allowed to say spoilers, <laughs> um, but um, so, yeah, uh, well, the you know the the dinner with Dexter and then yeah. um, sort of Emma's day from hell, if you will, in episode eight, and um, well, it's not a day from hell; it's just a, a tricky day. Um, it's pretty tough. Today. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I um I never I I never really build scenes up in my head as being like particularly dramatic or being particularly emotional or just try and play them as um play them as a, as much levity as possible and hope that things crack through i guess well mm. no that absolutely because emma is the funniest person isn't she and so that's like kind of you know she, she's she's got a comedian boyfriend at one point but she's much funnier than he is i thought yeah that's yeah yeah absolutely and um i think there's something extremely british about I think I'm as the most British character in the show in a way. Mm. Like a sense of humour is, I think, um, something that I think I, I hope British audiences, especially, will relate to and hold on to because I think that's also comes 
through very clearly in the way that David writes the novel. Like there is something so distinctly British about his sense of humor mm. and the jokes that he makes and the way that he looks at life. And um, that's a lot of that is through Emma's eyes. So um, yeah, I, I hope that that people see that, especially British audiences. Did you, there's lots of great music in it. There's like suede and the verve and stuff. Did you, did, did that, was that in the script? And did you kind of, did they play out that music sometimes or was that just, you know, put on, put on yeah, top we were, we were both so pleasantly surprised yeah. by the, the music in it, uh, the score, but also the soundtracks. There were, I think, maybe a couple. Sometimes you see it in the script. Mm. This song plays, it doesn't always stick, but. No, because um, it like writes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, all that, yeah. yeah. But um, no, there's an incredible music in it. I, I'm still mourning the moment where I tried to squeeze this charming man by the Smiths wow. in the scene. Um, but I think we couldn't get the right to it. Oh, that, well, that would have been brilliant. I think it's a yeah. very expensive song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no. But no, the music's incredible. Mm, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. The soundtrack's fantastic, as you say, as well. Yeah, it, um, among many unusual things about the show, it's how just the sheer number of episodes. But it feels like you, 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 the perfect way to deal with the book is to have pretty much an episode per chapter, isn't it? Until it gets towards the end. And that yeah. did it feel? Did it feel like an epic undertaking from that point of view that you have so many different kind of almost individual films within the series? Yeah, yeah. yeah. To be honest, I it's I don't know why, but it sort of surprised me how. Um, you know, the realization that yeah, each episode really does feel just like a completely different because it is. I mean, it is a it's different year and it's a different time in their lives, but there's such a distinction between them. Um, which maybe because we we're in the middle of it at the time, it just felt like a progression of the story. But yeah, watching it, watching it back, it really, you know, you can have two completely different, you know favorite episodes <laughs> i think what's interesting as well is like actors usually when you're especially when you're forming a series and you're filming out of order and you come to a scene one day and you usually have to think about like what's happened directly before and what's about to happen after and sort of you know calibrate the timeline in your head with this when you were filming an episode you, you rarely had to think about the episode before mm. because like what happened a year earlier rarely has a direct impact on what is happening a year later. So exactly as you said, every episode did kind of feel like a mini movie. Um, and there was a sort of a degree of isolation in a way between all the episodes. Um, and because the book is so episodic, like it is the perfect way to format it in, mm -hmm. into a TV series. Mm -hmm. So that works really, really well. Um, but when we first got the audition, it said 17 episodes. So I think we got off lightly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, luckily, we needed to do 14. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, we we more than, I think, cover enough of the story in it. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Have you had much feedback? I know David Nichols was involved in a producer. and, uh, and, and was, Have you had much feedback from him? Did you have spoken to him much about it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he likes it. Yeah. 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 And it's like, really amazing to have his, like, seal of approval yeah. on it. Um, but he was there throughout the whole process and he right. wrote one of the episodes and um, uh, yeah, he's been there from the beginning and like he has really just like ne let Nicole Taylor, who was a series creator, have sort of free reign almost in a way um, to adapt this novel because she's such a massive fan of the book and um, 
she's has just done an amazing job like writing set 14 episodes with the other you know the rest of the team of writers so yeah it's been a, a really lovely collaborative experience between everyone in a lot of different ways and there's a big there's a big premiere this week i know will you what do you do you watch this stuff do you mind watching us would you watch it back you know kind of at the premiere and would you watch the whole thing back or do you or do you can, can you not watch yourselves how do you feel about that i have watched it all through yeah oh, okay and we obviously have to watch it back at these screenings and stuff mm. so we've watched the first couple of episodes i think nine times now wow um but uh yeah, I mean, watching myself isn't the best, but I, I, after a while, you sort of become a bit detached. And yeah, we're both very proud of the show. Like we're both really proud of it and how it's turned out. So, yeah, it's not um, it's not like torture. No, you know? it's not. Yeah. It's not. Torture. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. That was Leo Woodall and Abigail Mod. Time now for this week's news, Whoa. and obviously, the big news is that Disney Plus is not just home to Shogun. No, 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 no. Disney Plus is going to be home to Taylor Swift's The Era's Tour, Taylor's version, including Cardigan and a whole new acoustic thing. It's going to be epic. It's amazing. So this is the third version of the tour to appear anywhere. Film? And it's the complete one. Film? Well, I mean, it's a Film? one-off. It's a one-off. <laughs> Has it been in cinemas? <laughs> it's a one-off. <laughs> unlike, yes, unlike, unlike the We Are The World It's a one-off yeah. musical it's event. It's a film. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm, it's a do you know what? I'm film. loving this for you. This, is this rage that you're showing I today. Mean, no, no, no. It's all right. I'm so glad he fell into a trap. <laughs> yeah. 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 Making. I did. Him, I I've been it. ensnared. Yeah. Anyway, it's coming, uh, I think, on the 15th of March. Yes. So, woo! Yes. They're very excited. Yes. But the real big news of the week BBC um, revealed that they've commissioned a whole batch of comedies, mm-hmm. which is very good. They're fully in the comedy business. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. There's a new <laughs> one called Only Child, which is a brand new sitcom starring Greg McHugh of the A Word of Fresh Meat. He was very funny in those shows, really funny in Fresh Meat. Um, it's, he plays a budding author who travels back to his family home in northeast Scotland to look after his aging dad, played by Gregor Fisher of Rabsy Nesbit fame. Uh, there's a kunk special yes. coming. I know Kay's a big fan of Philomena Kunk. Kunk character. That's played the one by that Diane famously, Morgan. James, um, that's when you got in trouble because you are painting <laughs> your ceiling. painting the ceiling or <laughs> watching it. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's actually true. So Kunk's quest for meaning is going to arrive Amazing. Uh, we all need soon. that in our life. There's a second series of Dreaming Whilst Black, which was excellent. Do you yes, remember that? I, I think, love did that. Did we review it on the show? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah very good. Excellent. Um, uh, Ajani Salmon, fantastic. There's another series of Man Like Mobeam, which is a really good show. Um, fifth series, that's like a kind of slightly undervalued show, I think, considering it's only five series. Greg Davis is back with the cleaner, another series of that, which was this is all okay. just by the way. This he's yeah. just this he's just up. he's just yeah he's built up, up, but also he's just getting the business done because yeah. he wants to reach the crescendo, which is you've ruined it. Go on. <laughs> whole build up and now you've, you've, everyone knew what you're doing go on uh, well yes I have no idea where we're going like none oh well that's good so okay, at least I'm in suspense one person and most importantly of all and did those feet with Alan Partridge ah <laughs> uh, yes <laughs> will arrive they're just about to start filming actually this is a new documentary series in which we follow the beloved and to be fair revered broadcaster <laughs> as he reintegrates into life in Britain after a year working in Saudi Arabia kind of like Richard Keyes if anyone knows him uh, but what begins as a documentary about homecoming soon morphs into something more personal as Alan realises that the happiness he thought he'd feel at being back in Norwich just hasn't materialised oh my god love I mean, well, see, that's clearly because he hasn't bought tickets to the M- <laughs> Empire podcast live in Norwich. Maybe, maybe the synergy. You could maybe he's going to be filming in Norwich as you're. Uh, well, doing we can, your, and we can get oh, him wow. for the show. Yeah, yeah, in character. Yeah, that'd be amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah, and anyway. did those feet in ancient times walk upon the Empire podcast stage? <laughs> exactly. So yeah, that is obviously the most exciting TV news of the week. 
and not film news. <laughs> I would say even bigger news. Bigger news for particularly James, who is obsessed with this show, Obliterated. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, yes. Netflix has Of course. Cancelled. Netflix do not what? like to let it breathe. It's cancelled, They cancelled it. Yeah. Netflix will not be moving forward It's with the been obliterated. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, there are just too many penises in it for yeah. their liking. Yeah. I well, I was trying to remember when I read that news. What was that line from the... I uh, like to let it breathe. This is hence <laughs> oh, the yeah. gag that I just yeah. made that both of you yeah. ignored. Oh, sorry, it's because I didn't hear you. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Um, oh, what a shame. I mean, it, was not, it wasn't really a gourmet burger so much as a really nasty hot it was, dog. It was a McDonald's. <laughs> it was a McDonald's. Yeah. It was a... No, don't speak badly about McDonald's. It was a McDonald's straight up regular hamburger yeah no yeah. I think no. one pound and nine p or whatever it is or like a dirty burger or whatever they filthy yeah. burger. it was filthy wasn't it yeah yeah it was a dirty but I'm quite dirty sure burger. it was so um over the top yeah and like full of Netflix I things. did enjoy it for yeah, all same, of its flaws same. yeah I'm surprised they've cancelled it wow mm. okay um trying you're you're my favorite you like trying don't you I am my favorite with Rafe Spall, <laughs> with Rafe Spall and Esther Smith that's yeah, great. That is returning for fourth season on Wednesday, the twenty second of May, on Apple TV Plus, with a, opening with a double bill, and then it will be Wednesday um, every week. Um, BBC have announced a second series of Ten Pound Poms, starring Michelle Keegan, which we reviewed on here. Um, also had Faye Marseille, Warren Brown in it. Series two apparently will introduce some exciting new characters, including the Skinner family, fresh off the boat from Ireland, and the unscrupulous landlord Benny Bates. Um, and what was the other bit? Oh, now. I love Eugene Levy. And The Reluctant Traveller is back for a second season, Apple have announced. Um, this time he's embarking on a grand tour of Europe. And among the highlights will be um, preparing for midsummer in Swedish tradition with a moose tracking adventure, visiting for the first time the land of his mother's childhood, Scotland, and earning medieval customs and harvesting grapes in Italy. I, I'm, yeah, I'm down Did with you watch that. the first series of that? Yeah. Okay. I think we reviewed it, didn't we? The Eugene Levy tra- uh, Apple Travelogue show. I don't recall oh, us no. reviewing it. No. I watched it. It was fun. It was. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was amazing. It was fun though. Maybe, yeah, we'll see. There was a good episode in the Maldives. I remember that. And he is brilliantly like. It's just funny. nice spending time oh, yeah, in his company, completely. though, isn't it? That's I mean, quite it soon. Like... I think that that's like next week or the week after. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. There were loads of Apple announcements because they did a big. It's the it's the TCA it's in America, isn't it? Which is the TV Critics Association, I think. And they do basically. It's kind of like there isn't really equivalent here. Basically, all the big TV. Channels, streamers present yes. their stuff for the year ahead to TV journalists. To if this had happened here, we'd be on it like bells on. But it's like a friend of mine is going to LA for a couple of days because his client, he's a, he's a manager of fo- football, is involved in a football reality show, and yeah. they're going to face all the critics and stuff I like didn't that. Know so yeah, anything about this? And I'm listening to Shonda Rhimes's book, yeah. um, and she was talking about you know yeah, when she'd have to do thing. it. She hated public speaking, but the big showrunners would have to go. Because for me, the most exciting future Apple series, which is, I had, for some reason, this announcement passed me by. We probably covered it as <laughs> a news story like two years ago or something. But coming on 5th of April is this show called Sugar. Do you know about this? With Colin Farrell? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm really excited about it. The screeners are already available. Right. Mm. Yes. So this is Colin Farrell um, uh, as a um, private detective um, called John Sugar, and he's investigating a mysterious disappearance of the granddaughter of a Hollywood producer. And this just is like me, or this is like catnip for me, sounds Mm. like. So I'm very excited about that. A, Farrell, brilliant, obviously, always. Hollywood-flavoured crime detective mm-hmm. thing. It kind of sounds like Chinatown meets, I don't know, some other things. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited about that. Sugar. Now, we should address the mountain-shaped elephant in the room, mm. which is that Paramount Plus mm. has been on a bit of a tear recently. So you'll recall there was a bit of cancellations last year, you know, when when 
Pink Ladies went, you know, they went on a bit of a cancellation bent. Well, the bloodbath continues, and it's not just cancellations. They have joined the likes of Max in deleting prestige content forever, erasing it from existence. Is it forever? Do we know it's forever? No. Uh, uh, yeah. But uh, they, I mean, well, it's gone. Caution, I just caution you for any legal... No, um, that's fair. Well, they have, they have, it feels like they have banished them to the nine hells. Mm. They have exorcised them. So, uh, the Burning Girls, gone. Mm. Samantha Morton show. One Night, Jodie Whittaker show, gone. The Killing Kind, which you recall, I watched all of and enjoyed, gone. The Serial Killer's Wife, which we reviewed, it seems five minutes ago, mm. gone. Uh, and the Doll Factory, remember the Doll Factory? That's gone yeah. too. Yeah. All gone. Like, like, literally about a month ago. But these are really recent shows. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. They've just debuted and now they have been eradicated. So for some people who frankly could quite possibly have still been watching them, yeah. they That'd now can't. That would be so frustrating. Oh, wouldn't that be maddening? Yeah. And and in addition to that, they've cancelled The Flat Share, which I really liked. Oh, I like The Flat Share too. <laughs> well, it's part of a whole, there's a whole um, kind of uh, rationalisation, I suppose is the word, of Paramount Plus services like internationally where they 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 are cancelling a lot or they're just not going to invest much in local because these are not american shows no, and they're British. reorienting right. to american shows but they, what they did weirdly though but so what they're saying is they they're not going to invest so much in regional originations but they are still going to have some uk originations apparently <laughs> for um, at least for 5 minutes well, before they yeah. delete them yes but it's so weird i still can't get over the whole bizarreness of getting rid of original content you've got because just because you're going to save on the rights that people accrue from... Mm. It's just I mean, they're not... Look, this is that, not us having a dig at Paramount Plus specifically because they are not the only ones to have done this. Oh, like, yeah. this is... You know, other streamers are doing this as well and it's it is... a trend. It is a trend and I get that it's saving money, it's residuals, but they should at the very least be like a statute of limitations, right? Like, like a, a show should... Period, yeah, to, the yeah. show should be allowed to exist in its complete form for a minimum period of time so mm. people can watch it and they should give you notice that it will be living And we will set that time frame. Yes. Kay (laughs) is now responsible for managing this situation. Yeah, we just need to manage our schedules, figure out how long we need to watch something and then we'll get in touch with Paramount. Yeah. Okay, good. Good. Um, Let's know how it goes. But I think, I I just think, I think it's such a short-term, short, you know, short-term thinking by the ones that do this because you Mm. just expect, for me, there's an inherent implied contract if you sign up to a streaming service that's got original stuff and you start watching it and then it just disappears. I think it's just it's just terrible. Yeah. Just, to wo- just to reassure anyone who's worried, because I know your thoughts will go to this immediately, we're not going to start deleting any episodes of the podcast. Maybe I will. They'll just Maybe I'll just here. randomly delete the Breeders episodes. <laughs> like, oh my God. Yeah, Actually, listeners will probably be happy if we randomly yeah. delete episodes. Yeah. Okay, good, right. I'm going to run through some other news because there's a lot of stuff in there. Percy Jackson has been renewed for season two. Uh, Kay, very excited there. Disney Plus, well, we're talking about Disney Plus because obviously that's a Disney Plus show, have lost 1.3 million subscribers in the last quarter of 2023. I mean, to be fair, they're still making shit tons of money, so it's not like their business is arming. Yeah, don't start crying for the mouse just yet. No, exactly. So, But this is apparently since they started, first of all, they bumped their prices up and there's been a crackdown on password sharing, but I don't think it's gone quite as well as Netflix's crackdown on password sharing. So they've lost a lot of subscribers. That was a bit of news for you. Uh, Scott Glenn, joined the White Lotus season three. Excited? Mm. Yes. Yeah. You sound excited. Uh, Yes! (laughs) There we go. That's better. Um, (laughs) The Terror's returning after a five-year gap. I can't with, remember what that is. What's the, that? The Terror. So it's the one that started with the, sh- the boat and then was Japanese uh, internment camps. Yes. And now it is the Terror, colon, Devil in Silver. 
So it tells the story of Pepper, a working-class moving man who, through a combination of bad luck and a bad temper, finds himself wrongfully committed to New Hyde Psychiatric Hospital, an institution filled with the people society would rather forget. Um, I think, so the show was on Prime Video, right? Yes. But we yes. should do a competition where we reel off the classic TV shows from like five, ten years ago and guess which platform guess, they were. Guess See where if we can remember which yeah. platform they were. Yeah. To be fair, that should be a special episode. And the Terror, I believe, is still available on Prime Video, so at least there's that. So well, Prime, I don't think Prime Video gets rid of stuff much, No, I don't right? think they do. No, they're pretty good. But they don't have that many shows. So they're more than you think, I would say. <laughs> they have some really good ones. Yeah. I mean, The Expanse is still available right. on Prime Video. I mean, so, okay, and, you yeah. walked into that trap, boy. Yes, you did. Yeah. Yes, you did. Right, let's think what else. So, uh, Interview with the Vampire has got a date, May the 12th. That's when it's arriving in the US on uh, AMC, though, yeah. when we're going to get right. it. Who the f- Anyways, still no uh, feud. Gina Carano, Jesus Christ, I don't even want to touch this story. Gina, Gina Carano is suing Disney over her firing in a lawsuit funded by Elon Musk. I'm just going to leave that there and not touch it. Mm. Thanks very much. Uh, <laughs> the Last of Us season two has added Catherine O'Hara mm. to the oh, wow. cast. That's epic. No idea who she's playing. That's pretty exciting. Uh, and that's it. That's all the news I got. <laughs> that's all the news there is. That's all the news in the world. James James has finished of, the news. We've had a lot of news this week. Yeah, yeah. it's been it's been a bit newsy. Sorry about that. Right, I think that's it. We're done with news. Should we move on to this week's reviews? And first up, we have Too Good To Be True on Channel 5, which sees Cara Toynton as Rachel, a single mum working several cleaning jobs to support her young son and barely making ends meet. That is until Alan Leach, yes, Branson from Downton Abbey, pops up with an offer of exclusive employment at his ridiculously lavish estate, uh, but swiftly becomes apparent that he has ulterior motives and Rachel begins to realise that Branson has got her in a pickle (laughs) 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 apologies Uh, Kay genius you're a Channel 5 stan tell us about this one <laughs> he's such a thing. Sometimes his shots are like you don't know when they're coming. Hang they're on. quite subtle. Hang on. That's not a shot. It's just because on Pilot Plus I was arguably a bit snooty, oh, and you, I mean, not even arguably. You were fucking snooty, and I pulled you up on it, and so that's why I'm a stand. You Fine. staged a oh, rousing yeah. defence. Yes, I was because you said all, basically you were saying all Channel Five shows are boring and bland, and I, I said you're not, boring and bland. I did not say they were all boring and bland. That was the inference. I said yeah. I said this show was called Too Good to Be True, and I just said I said I. I can't remember what it's called. It is a Channel 5 show with an incredibly bland and generic title. It's actually been retitled. It was called something else. And now I feel I have to look up what it was. Something more striking and noteworthy, surely. Anyway, carry on. Okay. Um, What did I think of it? I I enjoyed this. I thought it was pretty decent. Because I have to say, like, the last Channel 5 drama we watched, I hated it. Which one was that? Finders Keepers. It was about the metal detectors. Oh, no. I think that was a crime. Yes. Yeah. So this... Losers weepers. (laughs) And we wept. Mm. Um, So I enjoyed this and actually I watched a couple of episodes because I wanted to know... It was very intriguing. I wanted to know what happened next. So um, as you say, Cara Toynton plays a cash-strapped single mother who works all hours as as a cleaner. And then she gets this amazing opportunity to clean um, Branson's house, a.k.a. Elliot. Because she's so um, in need of money, she absolutely, um, yeah, jumps at the chance. And she's got a son who is... It's really tough for him, actually. And I want to give him a shout-out. Charlie Hodson Pryor is great because he looks perpetually stressed. And you you really sort of like realise how stressful it must be for him as a young kid of a mum who's working all the hours. She kind of takes him along to her cleaning jobs like at a hotel and he falls asleep on the um, sofas because he's so exhausted. So I thought he was really, really good. And anyway, so she she joins this guy, Elliot. She cleans his house. But there's so it's clearly something dark and disturbing is going on because he seems quite fixated on her. Nothing is by coincidence. 
And also there's like rooms that are not open to her. She's forbidden to go in. So obviously she goes into them, which made me very stressed. As someone who follows the rules um, and knowing that he has, because it's such a posh big house, he has CCTV everywhere. I was very nervous. But anyway, yeah. And um, and yeah, so it's, it's very it's very intriguing and compelling. I think Cara Toynton's great. I like her a lot, actually, just generally. Um, and the little boy and um, Alan Leach. So I thought they're all they're all good in it. And I... And I enjoyed it. I'd say that there was a detail at the end that I wasn't expecting. And that was a good thing because I saw where it was going generally, but there was something at the end. I was like, oh, okay, that's that's intriguing. Well, with the pussycat? I ur- urge you never to say pussycat again. <laughs> well, too late. <laughs> um, no, not with a cat. Oh, okay. I don't know what you mean. I don't want to spoil it. Um, no, of course. But I tell you what did spoil it, and I don't know if it's just because we had a screener preview, the next time... Oh, Did yeah. you notice this? Yeah. The next time, and they showed basically yeah, the was, highlights of the no, second episode. No, that's definitely going to be, that'll be... That's a broadcast next time. Yeah, they, they do that all the time. Mm, Absolutely. They do. That, that's really yeah. frustrating. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's for people who are on the fence about whether they're going to keep on watching it. Yeah. And I mean, like, it worked, because then I did watch the second Yeah, they're like, look at all away. this shit that's going down next yeah. week. Yeah. 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 Um, also, just wanted to quickly mention Taj Atwal, who is great as Jasmine, the mate of our central lead, and she is a fellow cleaner, and she was also great in Hellraisers, so I... I enjoyed her performance. Yeah, overall, enjoyable. Yeah, it's definitely one of the better yeah. of the Channel 5 um, dramas. <laughs> See, if I had said that exact sentence, you'd have been like, oh, Snooty no, Magooty, uh, here you, you go. You would have, because you would have dressed up in, a, in your Snooty Magooty way. <laughs> yeah. But I'm and saying, also because you're always like that, whereas Boyd isn't. So then when he says... Also, like, it's different because you say that about ITV dramas. Now, ITV drama, which is on a massive role of like unbelievable, powerful, social realist things, you know, mm. like, you know, is in a different world now. ITV drama, whereas I think it's even Channel 5 would admit they have a formula. And the yeah. formula basically is to get a piece of fictional hour-long drama commissioned on Channel 5, it has to be a kind of a thriller that we all identify with, relatable, you know, three or four parts. It's, they, they have a formula. And whereas that's completely not true of ITV. So let's, let's make that clear. Anyway, <laughs> within the formula of Channel 5 dramas, I think this is a pretty good one it certainly production values wise I mean the house is so amazing like you know if you're going to have a whole thing set in a huge posh swanky house then you've got to you've got to come to the table with an actual proper version of it and it is impressive and it's nice to see Alan Leach who of course was downstairs in Downton have an upstairs have his own very good point it's very true it's lovely although to be fair Branson was downstairs but he was also upstairs in Downton he He got a promotion because he married Lady Sybil exactly he slept his way up to the top he did he did he shagged his way upstairs slightly unfair slightly unfair accurate though very true boy why you're suddenly defending Branson and then he got involved in a plot to kill the king but I can't really talk about that because that in the film oh yeah the film oh well, that was a weird bit of the film wasn't yeah. it the yeah. first film yeah yeah. that was, that was a, such a, a bizarre subplot crucially a film yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so we should yeah, stop talking yeah. about I'm that I'm sure I'm, do you know what now you come to me I'm sure James reviewed the film in the in the podcast okay well. well let's not go over old grandma anyway uh, and as you say I think the kid is brilliant Charlie Hudson Pryor as, as Liam mm. he's, he's fantastic he's very good um, John Thompson pops up as well oh that's the that? only right actually sorry I've got something to say sorry oh, to interrupt there's there's a moment where she, when she um, gets invited to go for this cleaning job, seemingly out of the blue, and she's a bit like, you know, she is umming and ahhing even though she needs the money. So she, but she's worried about like she hasn't met this guy, etc. And so her boss Jeff waits in played the by, car. Played by John Thompson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> waits for her in the car while she does the job. 
When does that ever happen? When would that ever, like, no boss would ever do I that? Think I think, mean, my understanding was he gets a cut because she's hired through the agency, so he really wants her to get the job. Yeah, yeah but even That's still. Okay. And I also, mean, it, be, it is weird that she's been called as a, as a woman to this man's house who's going to paying her vast amounts of money. It, is, it, feels... it just made me realise I should be asking more of you, Boyd. <laughs> Okay. Next time you get yeah. a job in You're going to drive mansion, Kay to her next Q&A. Yeah. Even though I don't He'll drive. He'll have to get yeah. driving lessons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you'll drive Kay to Q&A yeah. and you'll wait outside. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Quincy Jones can't drive either. Another really? fact from All the, the great. aforementioned documentary <laughs> film, TV show. Um, so bottom line is, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it. I think it was a little bit stretched. Like, you know, you're referring to the fact she's warned, do not go by the for, um, formidable assistant woman to to Alan Leach's character. Do not go into any door that's un- uh, uh, locked. She goes into every single one. It takes about 10 I, minutes. I have to. So this is the only thing. So I actually didn't mind this at all. I thought Karen Taunton was really, you know, she had loads of personality. She was a lot of fun. Yeah. I thought it was great. The only thing was, I was just like, for fuck's sake. Like, literally, she's cleaning this house. She clearly needs the money desperately she cannot lose this job yeah. she not yeah. only goes through the door she's not to go through she starts rummaging in through his drawers. shit yes. trying on his yes. clothes yes. and I'm like who does that yeah, especially was... in the modern era when yeah. absolutely everyone has security yeah. cameras to monitor people in their houses like it's like how, what how are you doing how stressed did it make you because it stressed yes, me out I was yeah. very stressed and when she's looking in the drawer well, I thought you were about to show us on your phone like a, a still you've taken no. something <laughs> like, he's holding his phone out no, I apologize. through his problem with the, this problem no because I was I wanted to look up the other issue I had with the show which is when the little boy looks at the car and goes, ah, it's a 1959 Borgwood. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. He's like, he's 11 years old. Don't no, be ridiculous. No, but you get the impression that he is like very detail-oriented. Yeah, but there's right. detail and there's detail and that was ridiculous. Right, well, I think you're, under, you're <laughs> underestimating Charlie Hodson Pryor, frankly. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but all in all, apart from the fact that it's slightly stretched out and that she did do the ridiculous yes. rifling through the drawers, um, of clearly going to be on CCTV. Um, and, of course, she's got the, the whole... Uh, I'm not sure if you mentioned in your plot description. Maybe you did. Maybe I... I uh, but it, but the, she's got this horrible ex who's who's um, who's violent. Basically. Yes, that was a horrible mm. scene. Yeah, that, mm. and that, that was a horrible scene. So, but, but you know what? But it had to be. And I thought that was good. They yeah, didn't soft soap. the drama. Yeah, that element of it. That was, you know, the, so there is a kind of there's another element to the whole story um, so yeah it's 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 compelling enough to warrant carry on watching it which is the main thing and it's well, it was well well made well shot because the, the the last couple of Channel 5 dramas we've looked at have been just technically quite bad as well like whereas mm. this is it has this is the a Ross confident Kemp one yeah the Ross Kemp forget. one was terrible yeah, right, thank you. that's the one I was thinking it was terrible so this is this is a decent absolute decent um, piece of drama yeah well absolute too good decent. to be true then which airs on Channel 5? Channel 5. Uh, so the, the, the correspondence, I'm not sure, we've mentioned a bazillion times it's on Channel 5, so they should be happy because they like to be mm. mentioned at the beginning, apparently, James. <laughs> anyway, just to reiterate, it's on Channel 5, um, uh, Wednesday, 9pm. You date. Wednesday, the <laughs> um, 14th, uh, Valentine's Day. Oh, Valentine's Day. And yeah. those are things are starting Valentine's Day. That's true. You'll find because it. they're aware that no one has anywhere to go and we're all just going to be watching television. Uh, yes. Right, next up we have Kin, which joins us for a second season, allowing us to address the grave injustice of not having room to review the first series. Anywho, uh, this is the story of a Dublin crime family waging gangland war on the competition. Uh, there's a lot happening in this episode. Someone's going to emergency. Someone's going to jail. Uh, there's a pregnancy. There's a blood vendetta. Uh, and there's a shooting in the local co-op. Uh, you know, everything that you, uh, that you want from TV show. Plus, it is gloriously Irish. Who better then to talk about it than your man Boyd Hilton? No. Oh my God. Boydie! I mean, listeners. Did you watch series one? Oh and what God, did you James, think? No. <laughs> 
I don't, this is, I mean, at, talk at, about crimes. Yeah. I mean, crimes listen, humanity. this is an official apology on behalf of the podcast yeah. to any Irish listeners or anyone with ears. I mean, but first of all, two of your colleagues are Irish on the... On the well, I think if I'm there, Northern Irish. And neither one of them sounds legitimately Northern Irish. I've never really been able to pin down either of their accents. To be fair, but no one ne- Irish sounds like what you do. <laughs> That's accurate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway... The funny thing about this is, like, I, I watched like bits of the first series, but I haven't really watched it full. And we we have unusually for us because it is it's, it's a week in which the the biggest show probably is is heavily embargoed, so we can't review it. So we probably wouldn't do this in a normal week. It slightly breaks the rules. We've dived diving into <laughs> series two, and people will get annoyed. And you, I'm, I'm, I mean, have you even watched it? I presume. Of course, like, I watched it. Oh, okay. Did you watch series one? No, no, no. no. But but so I that, I very have a dim recollection that we didn't do series one because it was a very stacked week, and we just yes, it just fell by the wayside. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. No. But what my point is, we've done, we've Dive straight into series two, which is totally against your rules. Oh yeah, well of, those of remnants on the behavior. floor is a torn up rule book. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, this, this, yeah, I it's gone out the window. Down, this hundred, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. But what I would say, and I was expecting a detailed recap, it does not happen. I think now in this case, we watched it on the BBC screeners portal, of course, which we get access to. My guess is there will be a recap for, for the stuff when it actually goes out on Monday, wherever it is. What on I would BBC say, Go on. I, sorry. Yeah. I would say in its defence that as someone, and I particularly get very lost easily, <laughs> even though I haven't seen series one, oh, I was I'm able to, to say that. piece that's together exactly what, what was, was about happening. To say. Yeah. No, no, that's completely what I was about to say. Oh, I was about to say despite the lack of uh, of a recap, it, it doesn't take long to sort out exactly what's going on. Yeah, because it is a story of, of warring families, warring factions, criminal gangs, extreme violence, <laughs> um, and as such is totally um, accessible. 100% accessible and instantly absorbing. And I think, uh, you know, I, I remember th- re- loads of people said to me, oh, you know, are you watching Kin? Um, uh, you know, have you seen it yet? People will sing its praises. And it's so obvious why, because it is instantly, you know, from the very first scene, which is the shootout in the in the supermarket, very stylishly shot um, and uh, br- kind of brilliantly acted and the music's great. It's just really confident piece of TV drama production. And you're in, you know, you're in safe hands. You know, and another example of, Sometimes it's just you just know within the first few seconds that the show is going to be pretty good, and this was absolutely one of those. And the rest of it didn't, you know, lived up to that initial scene, which was very striking and violent and ominous and all of that. And the plus the cast. I mean, you've got these Irish greats. You've got Aidan Gillen, who's doing his best whispery, best whispery voice. Aidan Gillen, anyone who goes back to to like Game of Thrones or Queer as Folk, no, he whispers. He loves a whisperer, and he whispers the whole fucking performance. Chaos I mean, it's a ladder, exactly. <laughs> but then you've got Emmett J. Scanlon, who is brilliant. Who, of course, is in all of the Harlan Coburn So we did a spoiler special for Argyle the other day and I'd like to put it Emma J. Scanlon just walks through the film Argyle for no reason whatsoever. He walks through like he has a line he does it and he goes and that's it and he never comes back and the whole purpose is he basically just plays handsome man and he walks into a train carriage is handsome and then walks out again. Yeah well he's in in this I love Emma J. Scanlon I've interviewed him loads of times because he's been in he was in The Tower remember The Tower very very good in The Tower I did did a couple of interviews with him for that and he's so funny in IRL in real life he's very does not take himself seriously and he finds it very he finds the process of doing publicity for so he's in very (laughs) Entertaining, and I always love that. Was where they just the whole thing is like completely ridiculous, and he acknowledges that fact. Um, and just the whole cast, I thought was great. Every single person in it. There's this kind of Eastern European crime um, kind of woman uh, queen, crime queen of the of her sect, and she is absolutely terrifying oh, and ruthless. She does yeah. not give a fuck. She, she does not give. Well, she does to the extent of yeah, like she will kill you if you do if anything. You cross you, her family. Not even if you cross her. If you just don't do what she wants you to do within seconds, she will fucking shoot your head off. Okay. <laughs> someone to do it for her yeah. um, so the whole thing it was, 
it's it's really really good. And mm. I'm now I'm now completely kind of like all those people who said why aren't you watching Kin and and now you want to go back and watch. Do you feel like you can go back because I was umming and ahhing because I feel the same. I feel the same, but I'm like, oh. Well, I tell you, the main reason I want to go back is because the first series has Kieran Hines in it, who's the another incredible, yeah. brilliant actor, of course, Irish actor, and and he he is spoiler alert not in the second series, <laughs> and I want to go back and see him particularly in the first series. So yes, mm-hmm. it's it's fantastic. I agree with everything you've said. I didn't watch the first series, and I thought, oh god, you know, because I, you know, I'm going to struggle to get into it. But that first scene instantly mm. plunges you straight into this violent criminal world where it's all out turf war, and immediately sets the tone. And you know, ordinarily, I'm not a big fan of super violent things, but for some reason, I think it's because it's like the domestic drama, right, of warring families. So I'm, mm. I'm completely hooked on that and sucked in. And I was like, yeah. Come on, what's going to go on? And the whole thing is that in the first series, well, I don't want to describe it for people who've already watched it, but basically the Turkish crime family, the, the, the woman that Boyd's alluded to, is back on the scene because one of their family members has been killed by the Kinsella family. And they try and like squirm out of it. And the character of Amanda, played by Claire Dunn, has assumed top, top dog position because they've managed to basically bring down one of Dublin's top crime lords and she's assumed the position of being like authoritative within the Casella family even though she's like just married into it and she makes the decision to negotiate with this with this woman that Boyd described but this woman she's not fucking about she's not she's not going to accept any kind of like she, she can't be assuaged and she wants a scalp and it's so terrifying because you're like they're just not going to be able to do it. They're not going to be able to raise the money they need to. They're not going to be able to dodge her because she is all-seeing, all-powerful. And yeah, I found it really gripping. So I enjoyed it. I I, I don't know what I can add to that. Yes, oh. I don't have any, you know, more knowledge because I haven't seen the first series. Uh, but it's really good. It's full of brilliant people. I found it incredibly compelling. I thought the violence was well staged. There's an attempted assassination at a farmhouse that I thought was really well directed and well put together. Um, I, yeah, I, I thought it was great. It really, again, it made me make a note please watch series one of Kin because mm. you really should do that. I'm definitely not watching any more series two because I, I that upsets me. Yeah, I have yeah. to go back and yeah, start yeah. from the beginning. I'm surprised, you, I'm, just, I'm surprised you did actually watch it. I, I, you know, I mean, look, I'm not happy. No. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good. It is good. We should say it's on BBC One. So the people, what they wanted to say was that uh, what channel things on early before the main review, so that they don't have to go through the whole review and then find out they can't watch it. Whereas this is on everyone. BBC I One. see. Yes. So anyone can watch it on free to air BBC One and the iPlayer from Tuesday, That's the thirteenth cool. of February at ten forty pm. Enjoy. That's okay. got to be your responsibility going forward. Well, I should drop it in the intro. Yeah, yeah, but they go. want it. The, but isn't it even? We always do it at the end. But yeah. I'll no, top no, it no. Intro. But they don't want it top and tailed. They want it like before you start reviewing it because that's, like, what, I no, that's what I just said. Yeah, so you're going to do it before the each individual in, review. Yes, is that what you just said? Yes, you said the intro. Sorry, no. I think you meant the, the intro to the I, reviews. Oh, I thought you meant the intro. I to already the do it in the intro to the. This is fabulous pod chat. Yeah, fucking <laughs> keep it, in, keep it. In. <laughs> I'm just on the wow. Side. Listen, I'm on the side of the listeners. I just want to make sure they're serviced in the way that they deserve. Finally, <laughs> dear God, finally, <laughs> we have Alice and Jack on Channel 4. Uh, <laughs> this is a show. Very good. <laughs> you heard about directly thing. from stars Andrea Riseborough and Donald Gleeson. Donald Gleeson. Uh, <laughs> oh, and, if you, and if you listen to that interview, then you'll know that Boydie's first question related to the fact that this is a hard show to pin down in, frankly, a simple elevator pitch. Uh, and that is absolutely true. So suffice it to say, Gleeson and Riseborough, 
start as the the aforementioned pair uh, who match on a dating app. And I think it's safe to say things don't go exactly according to rom-com law. Um, Kay, did you swipe right or left on Alison Jack? I swipe right. This is so good. I mean, it's a hard watch. That's what, from the out off, I just want to say that. Like, it is gut-wrenching in places it's tense emotionally intense it's stressful i mean this is like the first date from hell okay imagine the scene uh, <laughs> i don't need to imagine it but carry okay. on well, this, this is, right, so now, now i can say it this is what i was trying to talk to james about on the way thing and he refused because he's like this is spoiler i was like no it's about your life anyway uh andrew riseborough goes on this date as um james said with uh Donald, Donald Leeson. Donald Leeson. <laughs> and she is a fucking nightmare because she is like she basically relentlessly interrogates him. She analyzes personality and is just kind of just like poking at him, poking like endlessly. To the point that, you know, ordinarily you'd think that no one else would sit that out. But it says a lot about his character that he doesn't just get up and walk away. It's about his job, about like his motivation for doing his job, blah, blah, blah. It goes on and on and on. And honestly, at the beginning, I was like, I cannot bear her. Almost to the point where I was like, oh my God. And I try not to be facile in the way of like, I have to like the main character because I know that's obviously very basic. But I was like, I don't know if I can watch her because she's like, she's making me feel so uncomfortable and uneasy. But you just realise she's emotionally closed and she's a very complex character. There's a reason, like there's a lot of, you know, and I think her performance, both of them, I think both of them give wonderful performances, but she in particular is extraordinary as Alice because she gives such a nuanced performance in that she conveys this fragility, brittleness, but also there's glimpses of her vulnerability and the past trauma that's lurking close to the surface. Um, but yeah, they go on this date and then like, and then they go back home. And like this, on the one hand, you're kind of like, God, there's, there's sadism involved because why the fuck is he putting himself through this? She's so contrary and erratic and stressful. I was thinking of James actually when I was watching this, not just because of... <laughs> Who am I in this particular no, equation? No, 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 no. Yeah. Let me clarify. Not for any really reasons like that, but because I thought, God, you're going to feel really stressed out watching this. It was it a is, stressful watch. It is super, I think even more so than the other thing. What's the one that you, um, the one that you two fell out over? Breeders. Breeders. Yeah, I felt like it was almost more stressful than that. Like, because it was just... Potentially, yeah, potentially. Um, but anyway, they th- she thaws, they see each other again, things happen, I won't ruin it, life moves on, only one of them doesn't. And I just thought, this is really magnificent. I was really bowled over by this because there's such beauty in the pain of th- in this show. And even though it's agonising and in- it's intoxicating as well, which is, I mean, all at once, and that's part of the problem, but it just casts a spell, or at least on me. And the thing I'd say is, like, I can't wait to watch the rest, but I definitely need a bit of a lie down and a break from it in between episodes because I can't handle it all in one go. But yeah, I, I really, really love this. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's really different. It's very unusual because it's kind of like you expect it to be a rom-com kind of thing. You know, it, it's, it, it's With got, that title? Yeah, with that mm. title. And it's got a lot in common in some ways with One Day because it does trace a relationship, an on-off, on-off relationship. Over a long period of time. Over a long period of time. Not, no, about, fairly similar time frame similar actually. time frame mm. but kind of 15 years ish in this case and kind of events a, a specific kind of day in their life almost like an event in their life big moments in their lives and you kind of catch it and you have to catch up with what's been happening to each of each other when you arrive at this particular scene in whatever given time period it takes place so it's got a little bit of one day in it but it's much harsher much more kind of um uh 
kind of edgy and raw. I mean, one you know, one day is, is in many ways a brilliant version of a traditional rom com, right? Um, it is funny and romantic. This is this has some real. Um, guts to it like it's different it's very different and even though weirdly so it's created by Victor Levin who um, is most famous for being a creator of sitcoms you know big mainstream Mad About You he created in America but apparently it, it, when I was talking to um, Andrew Riceborough and Donald Gleeson they were saying this is a very personal story to him so I'm like so, oh, wow. yeah no, I haven't I don't know the extent to which but yeah it's a lot of this Poor stuff guy. yeah I know right mm. but a lot of roughly this kind of stuff happened to him apparently or so he has experience of something to do with what what plays out it, the mismatch between them is fascinating um, because she is kind of like I'm trying to avoid you know like being sexist about her because you know there's that whole thing is if it mad she's a kind of business city successful city woman really and if it was a man you know would you I, I, you know she comes across as a bit chilly and cold and remote and she sleeps with lots literally sleeps with different men constantly or via the in, from the early days of dating apps etc and you know so see early days is crucial because yeah. the thing about this that upset me more than anything else oh my god update your oh, phone, the phone. Like, I knew and the phone. it yeah. took me a while to realise oh I see this is kind of set in the late yes. noughties because I was yes. like oh my god is that like iOS oh, 1 what is happening and they're using Blackberry and he's using a Blackberry yeah. I'm like my yeah. god man because yes, they don't spell out right? no they don't, they don't. I like I don't. That. Yeah, I like that the only well. reason you know it is yeah. because she's using like an iPhone 1 exactly exactly but this it seems Seems weird initially. What, what, what is the attraction there? But then it, this is a. I mean, it, they, it really does make sense that they're somehow drawn to each other. He's a really lovely, you know, scientist, decent, lovely guy. She's this kind of quite mysterious, difficult, spiky character. And there's the scene in the gallery, art gallery, mm. which I asked them about in the interview, which is ju- which is real proper, like cringe. I mean, I imagine James would have yeah. been hiding behind the sofa. Uh, that's it, because she's so horrible to the poor. Um, art gallery person and then as it plays out you do see more of a backstory but you know I don't know how I, I haven't quite finished it yet but the more and more you see of this show and there are six is there are six parts of it the more surprising and interesting and intriguing it gets it's really full of like surprising turns and, and, and twists and, div- and developments and it's and it's really interesting and the car uh, Ashley B you've watched the second episode oh my yet? god no she's in the first one. Oh yeah she's in the first yeah, one yeah, yeah. but she really comes into the and form. Amy Lewood we should she mention. Actually, really, B really comes to the fore in the second episode and she is brilliant. Oh, like, really? We know she's obviously like a brilliant comedian. She did this way up and she did she showed her dramatic chops in that. But in this she has to do some really tough stuff. Oh really? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's great. Um Amy Lewood, as you say, Amy Lewood almost like as as her yeah. assistant, as assistant. And she said it again in the interview that she just saw her and was been in with her in something and just say, Oh, we've got to give this part to to Amy Lewood. Sunil Patel, who is his best mate, is yeah, hilarious. He's comedy he's best mate. Properly comedy yeah. best mate. But if you're gonna have a comedy best mate, <laughs> and you need like relief in this kind of thing because a lot of it's quite heavy. He is brilliant at it. He is like the voice of truth to to Donald Gleeson's character, I think. And even like Rachel Adadeji po- po- pops up. Voice. Rachel, Rachel Adadeji. Rachel What's happening? She's yeah. in the, she was in the X Factor. Oh, okay. James. Um, uh, yeah, she she pops up um, as well. It's really really good. And they talked about the direction is brilliant. Yuho Kuzmanen and Hong Xiao share the direction. I know, but they to be fair. I, I, if I haven't got Yuho's name pronounced properly, Donald Gleeson himself said he doesn't. He got tripped up over the pronunciation of the director's name. So and Donald should that know. absolves me. <laughs> Don't, he should know. He should. Does that, know. does that mean I'm absolved from calling him Donald Gleeson? No, you're not absolved right. with, no, okay. with that fucking accent. Uh, but it is really, really good. So <laughs> we reviewed one day yeah. on Pilot Plus, yeah. uh, and I liked it, but it took me a while mm. to get into it. 
And I think one of the reasons it took me a while to get into that show was because it had been pitched to me as Netflix's answer to normal people. And when I watched it through, I was like, it isn't that. And one of the reasons it isn't, and you know, it's chance of relationship, half an hour episodes, broadly speaking, you know, so I understand it's superficially similar. And, but the reason was it didn't have the emotional intensity or depth that normal people had. And normal people obsessed me because I found the emotional complexity and the emotional honesty of it like something like something I'd rarely seen. So it was like, it, was, it really affected me, that show was. Now, this is the show I wanted one day to be. Ah, so I started watching this as I like this morning I got up this morning oh god, god what's a show for thing and the reason why I've been a bit 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 because I'd read I'd read <laughs> do your job yeah. <laughs> oh god gotta do my job yeah. like I'd like read a couple of reviews because I think they've showed at Toronto and there were a couple of slightly sort of like mealy mouth reviews of it and I was a bit like okay fine um but within about five minutes and I think because it starts with that really awkward Tinder day, like oh my god, I'm saying it's Tinder. They don't name chat Tinder, but it's, but it's one you're of those under, things. You know, uh, what is the next stage other than like super? Uh, what, I can't even got words for it. It's yeah. just like it's unbearable. Like peel peel your skin and off. I have actually been on that date before. I have actually I been on dates with people who have been that interrogatory. That's why I wanted, it's because people saying, "Oh, no one behaves like." Believe me, there are people out there who 100 percent behave like that. Um, but but I just found that, again, he has this soft, sort of sad sack vulnerability, this sensitivity. He's just a genuinely lovely guy mm. who's clearly searching for something. And she, as you come to understand very quickly, is someone who is very avoidant, has deep, deep fears of abandonment. And she sort of, she uses distance, like deliberate distance. So she 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 sleeps with men once and that's it. She never sees them again. So she can control the abandonment. So she abandons them first. She keeps them away so she knows exactly where she stands. She doesn't clo- get close to people. It's all self-protection. And I think bit by bit you sort of peel back the layers of her trauma and what is making her the very, you know, complicated character that she is. She's clearly very damaged. I think that's something that, that comes across strongly very early on. But it's very intense, the bond they have. And, and I found the interaction between them just had a real they had realism to them. I bought every scene of it. And I was emotionally swept up in this series in a way that I kind of rarely am with these kind of shows like I was with normal people. But I think maybe it it hits that very specific sweet spot to me where it's, it's... it's quite, I mean, romantic sounds like a twee word, but I think you know what I mean. Like, it's it kind of, it's romantic, it's slightly traumatic, it's kind of slightly bruised and battered in an emotional way, but in a way that kind of draws you in in a way that it feels real, mm-hmm. in, a, in, in a manner that, that not all of these Although, shows do. Although, to be fair... Do. If someone has like, I'd I'd feel bad for anyone who's gone through a similar experience because I yeah, thought, it's real. But well, it's I like, thought you'd be find it painful. Actually, yeah. do you know what? I didn't at all. I didn't find it at all traumatic to really? watch. Like, I don't. I found it Have very emotionally. Two? I haven't got to, uh, no. Okay. I haven't finished that letter yet. So I watched it. Warning. He'll be in a fetal position. I felt yeah. like yeah. So like, and a lot happens, and I love the device, the way we catch up on. So there's a there are time skips. It skips time, but the way it fills in details, I thought was beautifully done. Excellent narrative device. I thought the performances were just uniformly knocking out the past. Fantastic, yeah. Gleason, Riseborough, B, all of them amazing. Uh, and I just I loved these characters. I thought they were so complex with their hard edges and their soft centers and their spikes here and like like real people. They didn't fit into mm. easy categorization. They didn't fit into pigeonholes. Uh, and you weren't entirely sure where anything was going to go. Like it didn't follow rom-com rules. It didn't follow like standard dramatic rules. It, it, I found it very surprising. I'm su- I'm surprised that some of the reviews I I read weren't as you know as glowing as I thought they would be. 
because yeah, I, I think it's wonderful. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Absolutely then, wonderful. Apparently, what they so because I think it's true that a lot of there have been a lot of commissions after normal people. I don't know how long this has been in in planning for, by the way. Um, uh, but I, I know that you know there people are after the next normal people, and mm-hmm. it, it has got a lot in common with it. But mm-hmm. it's got I think it's different tonally, but they they call them situation. No, no, tonally situationship dramas, situationship comedy dramas, and situationship comedies. These things that focus so closely on on a relationship developing yeah. like that. It's an interesting new genre maybe but this is a uh, this is a brilliant example it, it, it is very very good I, yeah I, I I thought it was I thought it was fascinating but get, to capture the intense awkwardness of the first five minutes of any online day I thought it thought it, it it nailed that like it really did horrific it could have been Gillette Hinge the TV series that first scene I was like well done <laughs> that's, that's good shit um, but yeah I l- loved this two bits thought it was wow. wonderful we'll definitely be watching all of it channel four Wednesday and Thursday, nine o'clock. I think it'll all be available on the Channel 4 website, but I'm not 100% sure. Did you prefer this or One Day? They're both really, I'm going to make you pick. No, no. No, They're both excellent. Because One Day has had some storming reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think this is a better show. It might be. Yeah, it might be. It's 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 more more complex and it's got greater depth. However, I find One Day easier to watch. Oh, it's much easier. (laughs) One Day is is probably more addictive because you have to, I I devoured it in about half a day or, Mm. well, it's 14 episodes. Um, (laughs) But this is... This is doing a far more challenging thing. It does it brilliantly. Mm. So I This is when you have to, I feel like you savour because I personally can't binge this. No. Well, it's, I mean, it is like because it's it's messy as relationships, you know, often can be. Like it's it's not straightforward. It's yeah, it's it's very complex, but fascinating. I'm so surprised by your reaction. Mm, same. I really yeah. thought you'd as be like booking in for a therapy session because it's so horrific. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, look, wait, wait till I get the end of episode two. I was yeah. just said I've only had time to watch the first one so far, so I you know I look forward Which to the trauma. We should say is from uh, me and you productions who did the I am. Yes, of course. The, yes, the, indeed. Yeah, they know how to make a a spiky, challenging. What date was drama. the show, Boyd? Wednesday, the fourteenth of February, 14th. Valentine's or, Day. AKA Valentine's. I'm going to suggest it's if you if you're going to sit if you have a like a first date with someone and you want to yeah. watch a TV show, I'm going to suggest don't choose this. Uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny that they're deliberately yeah. putting it out yeah. on Valentine's Day. It's perfect. That and the same the same day that um, the big show of the week is gone, in, which will be in the other also on section coming up in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> You're teasing your own yeah. bit. Yeah, you're yeah. previewing the next section of the podcast. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, that was Alice and Jack. Uh, what else is out this week, buddy? What have we missed? Well, also on Valentine's Day, uh, Apple TV Plus's The New Look, which is a the story of Christian Dior, played by no, Ben Mendelsohn. Boyd, story, Boyd story, I love you, but please. Story don't. of who, Boyd? Christian Dior, played by oh, Christian Dior. Oh. Yeah, played by Ben Mendelsohn. No. Um, also, you've got um, Coco. Coco Chanel is in it as well, um, played by Juliette Binoche. Malkovich is in it. I mean, this is a star-studded, huge, big star-studded event television thing, but it is heavily embargoed. Yes. But I think um, you've watched it, haven't you, Kay? Have you watched mm, it? Yeah. I have, yeah. You couldn't like to say Oh, you see, you're yeah. getting a jump on your Pilot Plus work. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So the first three oh. episodes of that are available on... Why don't, wait a minute, I'll just bend forward, you can pat me on the head. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, have uh, a biscuit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Valentine's Day, first three episodes, Apple TV Plu. Um... <laughs> 
<laughs> Good one. Yeah. Formidable. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think, do you know what? That is, for fictional scripted television, that's about it. I, what I would mention is there's a thing called Bring the Drama, which also starts on Valentine's Day on BBC Two, in which Bill Bailey gets a group of untrained wannabe actors. And it's a really nice, heartwarming show um, because the, the acting, as as, any, as as we know nowadays, yeah. is particularly the province of people with a certain amount of, uh, of material wealth. Mm-hmm. Nepo babies. Nepo babies and upper class, middle class people with loads of money. But this is an opportunity for working class people and a diverse a set of people to try and get into acting. It's really good fun as well. So I would recommend that, even though it's not the kind of thing that James would allow us to review on the podcast. <laughs> Okie dokie. What is our pick of the week? Alice, oh, Alice and Jack. Jack. It's Alice and Jack, without a shadow of a doubt. Fantastic. That is it for this week's show. Now, we've had some great reviews recently. People have been sending them in in oh. floods, I think, because Kay has been promising cake to all of you. May that long continue. As Actually, said, James, James. There's been quite a lot of calls, and by that I mean maybe two, um, saying actually James should buy the cake. I bought the cake last time. I know they don't care about that. They just feel <laughs> like you should buy the cake, and I I kind of with them. Right. Yeah. I feel, I'm fairly certain the Boyd owed us Pat Val. What? That was the uh, no. Yeah. I said I said if, do you know what I said? If we get two thousand uh, reviews, then I will buy the Pat Val, and we are inching closer. Let me just give you an update. Sorry, I've interrupted your flow. No, no, no. You just let us know. I'm now going to, I think we should just agree that we'll use Chartable as our benchmark because it pulls all the different platforms and it currently stands that we are on 1,787 reviews. That's not really that close to 2,000. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's several Sorry. hundred away. <laughs> It's just a couple of hundred ways. God, what's your optimism, How long has it taken us to get to this point? Though? Well, we've had a real, like, We've lesson. been doing it for five years. Right. Yeah, but now I've gotten bored with oh, the okay. hassling and the pestering. And I think, no, we've, we really spiked in the last month. Well, if 260-odd of you would like to leave James, us a five-star review I by next week, doable. I think that's doable. Cake will flow. I'm not saying I'm buying cake next week, but I think within the next couple of months, I think we're definitely enjoying some Pat Val. I, yeah, I, I love the your Ribero optimism. dollar. Yeah. Mm. Well, no, I, I I approve of this. So please, if you have yet to leave us a review, for the love of God, leave us a review. Do you know what? If nothing else, just to wipe the smug smile <laughs> and the sanctimonious, I will never do it this decade. Uh, if, you want, if you want to put James back in his place, which I hopefully you will be on that board with that, then please just leave a fucking review because yeah. it'll be great to be able to just shove that figure in his face and go, come on, the Pat Val's on me. Please. Head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five pass ag rating. Uh, if you'd like to follow <laughs> us on social media, we are at Pilot TV Pod, at Kay Ribeiro, at Boyd Hilton, and at James C. Dyer. We'll be back in your ears, well, let's be honest, on Thursday for Pilot Plus when we talk about New Look, the shop. And uh, <laughs> we will be back on Monday because there are many shows next week, including, as Boyd mentioned, The Way on BBC One. Um, what else is out? At Constellation, the new Mirror Pass yeah. show, which comes to Apple. Breathtaking on ITV. Oh, yes. Huge event. Avatar, The Last Airbender, which Less comes to no, Netflix. breathtaking. 100%. <laughs> Come on. Should, that should be a new feature. Where we have loads of shows, we have to thrash out while we'll review live on the podcast. Via dis- disembowelments. Yeah. yeah. Mm. We'll try that. Okay, right. I'm going to go off and watch Shogun again. Until next week. Pilot out. <laughs>